Hey guys, it's your host Julian. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you're celebrating this holiday season, I hope you get to kick back, relax, and enjoy some family time. This week I invited two of my favorite people with two of my favorite podcasts, Brandon from Animation Destination and Ty from Whiskey Lodian Podcast. We start out by deep diving into Klaus and A Nightmare Before Christmas, and then we have ourselves a little battle royale. This one was a lot of fun and I hope you enjoy. Last little bit of housekeeping before we roll into this episode. I want to say a special shout out to some Patreon members, Jacob. Patrick, Bill, and Brent. Thank you guys so much for signing up. I really appreciate it. And if you guys want to support the show, check the show notes, follow the link, and sign up. Now, let's get on to our chat about Klaus and A Nightmare Before Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, while we're here, first off, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Whatever you uh, whatever you celebrate, I hope you get to have some great family time um, and some nice time off from work. But we're here talking, uh, we don't know if this is going to go a versus movie versus movie or if we're just going to talk in depth about these two movies that Brandon picked and Ty. So Brandon, first off, since you're to my left, what movie did you bring to the table? I chose for uh, best Christmas movie of all time, I will say. Mm. Uh, the new classic, uh, Klaus by Sandra Clouseau. Fantastic. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Ty, last but not yes. least, man, what is your movie? So this was supposed to be the best animated Christmas movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of cheating, but I'm going with The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's another classic, man. You got a modern day classic versus a uh, old cult classic. Now... First off, before we even get into the battle or just the in-depth retrospective on these two movies, Brandon, why did you pick Klaus? Uh, let me correct myself. I said Sandra Clouseau. I meant Sergio Pablos. I, that's the name <laughs> of the guy who created this thing. I knew uh, that, fired. but I had Sandra Clouseau in my head, uh, so I apologize. But uh, no, I chose this one uh, because th- this is one of the most... It, Again, much like Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas was revolutionary for its time. This is revolutionary for what animation could be going forward today. Um, it, 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 it hasn't yet sparked that for some reason. Um, I think Spider-Verse is kind of doing that more than anything. But this, the way that this is done, that is completely 2D animated, uh, which is kind of a dead medium, sadly. Supposedly, Disney's going back to it. We'll see. Um it, it for for film um to do it this way and to have lighting and cgi lighting on a 2d animated film uh it gives that impression of a 3d world that you know people are kind of expecting from movies nowadays but keeping it in a 2d plane which uh is ultimately more charming for old hacks like me so you know <laughs> it's uh it, it it i think it's one, it has my favorite actor in it, J.K. Simmons, one hundred percent my favorite actor. Um, it's just it's a it's a it's a near perfect film, and I, I had to choose it. Uh, so that's why. Beautiful, Ty. Same question to you. Why does this one, The Nightmare Before Christmas, stick out to you so much? Why is it your favorite? So this is my favorite, mainly due to the emotional impact it had. This mm-hmm. was a far departure to what most people consider a Christmas movie but it also still had something at the heart that just drew you to that same feel uh, this I guess it was re- revolutionary at its time this was pretty high in claymation uh, but even the story now holds up really well mm-hmm. Yeah. now great great choices boys uh, now I'm going to be real honest Brandon 
I told you before we recorded, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, Klaus, I I thought I saw this movie a long time ago when it came out, and boy, oh boy, did I, one, not see it, and two, was I absolutely blown away. Now, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, too, Ty, up until the last two months when uh, my, my youngest son, Cooper, our two-year-old, really got into wanting to watch movies, and it was Halloween time. Um, so it just popped up in the Disney plus feed. And then he got hooked on this movie, a nightmare before Christmas. Now <clears throat> we're roughly around the same age, Ty. I think we're within a year of at least, uh, you know, Brandon's the old man in the group. He's the old hack that he said himself. I'm not calling him an old hack, but he's the older guy. He's the older head. So, um, this one completely skipped over me in middle school and high school, just because it was a lot like green day to me. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was wearing something of it. And I I saw it, and then like most things when I was younger, I just could not disassociate the art with what everybody else was saying. It's so good, it's so good, it's so good. So I had a hard I had, had a hard time living up to the hype that everybody else put around it. And it wasn't until these last couple um, these last couple months that I got to see this movie and really appreciate it for what it was. Both of them. I I want to ask you real movies. quick. Uh, what year were you born? I was born in '89. Okay, yeah. So we're roughly the same. So I'm very curious why you didn't really see it or notice it until you were in middle school. Because this came out in like 93. Like you would have been four. I would have been five. So I yeah, saw I'm... it as a child, which is why I have such a strong pull to it. Uh, so I guess. I don't, I don't know why I didn't see it. I don't know. how. I'm, I probably have seen it at some point before then, but it really didn't become a huge thing. People talking about it and becoming the zeitgeist. Um, until at least for me, uh, once we hit middle school, every, every, every chick that was into, to fucking my chemical oh, it romance, was, it was the goth it, anthem of the time. Yes, absolutely Agreed. was. Understood. And it was, it was just like, like I said, when I remember seeing it in middle school and then everybody talking about it, they, they built such a huge, they put it on a pillar at that time that I just, I just didn't understand. And it's not like I didn't love stop motion or claymation or anything like that. I love Gumby. Gumby was one of my favorite things of all time when I was younger. So I love that style. That was what originally got me into animation, just seeing all these cool things and realizing that's the same thing as the Looney Tunes. And Looney Tunes is the same thing as stop motion and claymation. You know, so it I don't know, man. I can't really give you an honest answer other than it's just it just skipped over me. But I found to like I really grew a love for this movie when Cooper would just not want to watch anything else. It was all Jack, Jack, Sally, Jack, Sally. And I was like, all right, man, well, I guess we're going to watch this um, as much as possible. Like I said, phenomenal choices. Now, I've, I think I've already decided that we're probably just going to talk in depth about these two movies because I don't think it's right to uh, to kind of put them against each other, even though I think it would be an interesting battle. But I think it'd be a little better since it's the giving time to really give these, these two movies, their roses vice pit them against each other in uh, a battle Royale, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so who wants to go first, Brandon, you want to go first, Ty, you want to go first so we can explain the plot of both of these movies. Well, I will allow age before beauty to go. Ooh, shots fired, Brandon, the aged, the wise go first. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the plot of Klaus, we want to cover in uh, what what goes on, right? Mm -hmm. um, is about uh, a a a rich uh, young mailman, uh, which is funny to say. Uh, so his father, Jasper, is the main character, and his father is the 
head mailman of the entire country essentially it's was it the head i thought he actually owned the business it, he well it was it, yeah it's a it's, it's a whole thing because it's like a core of people or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. you know a government sanctioned type of you know um type of type of deal so he's the he's the i, I guess yeah it would be considered a business at the time um but uh yeah it's it's postage type of thing it's a postage uh business that he runs and jasper is his lazy narcissistic uh you know trust fund kid that he's trying to teach you know to 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 be a man stand on his own and finally he he gets kind of fed up with the way that he's not train he's not training properly he's not learning anything he's just sort of like gallivanting around like a lazy schmuck uh played expertly by um uh played expertly uh by uh, Jason Schwartzman um who's in everything nowadays. He was in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. He's in Scott Pilgrim again. So, um, uh, but yeah, Jason Schwartzman, uh, and he basically tells him like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to this Island and you're going to establish a mail post there. Uh, and you need to send uh, like uh, somewhere around five, 6,000 6, letters, 6,000 letters from this post uh, within a certain amount of time or you a are year. a year and or you are cut off you're done like no no trust funds no 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 money nothing you are completely on your own if you do not accomplish this thing uh so you know he he has to go on a boat into this 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 curmudgeon town that just hates each other it's within these two families that are feuding against each other uh and th- this island is is essentially just a, a misery hellscape that everyone goes into and just gets like sucked in and they can't you know bright-eyed people go into this place and just get destroyed by this town essentially um and uh he he goes in and he's gonna he's gonna start up this post or whatever and he's he's got to do it because it's the only way he can have his money uh and he ends up meeting an, an old man in the woods named klaus um and essentially they start uh he, he he basically tries to basically taking advantage of this guy to to use his toys to kind of like send postage through. There's a whole plot involved. I don't want to get into like every tiny split thing. I guess we're spoiling, right? Are we spoiling? Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah, four so. years old now. If you haven't yeah. seen it, yeah. If you're listening to this you. podcast, you haven't seen it. It's on you. So essentially, Klaus, this is the building of the legend of Santa Claus. Yes. Uh, he's this old man in the woods who's just building toys, uh, and you don't know why at first but he just has a whole bunch of toys and uh he he decides that he's going to you know kind of give give these toys out to kids and uh the kids understand like oh if you if you send a letter to this guy he'll give you a toy and that's the mm-hmm. that's the propaganda that Jasper kind of like throws out there it's like it's, gonna, it's like remember do that and put some postage on it just get a penny for the postage and you know blah 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 and we'll we'll, we'll get it done that's how he's going to get out of this this town by 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 exploiting these this toy thing um and through the course of delivering these toys to all these kids, he's helping Klaus like go through and and deliver these these toys. Uh, he they create the legend of Santa Claus. They they ramp the sled off the thing, and a kid sees the sled flying across the sky and mm-hmm. stuff. They think it's you know they, they they think it's a flying thing. These uh, the these this tribe of Somni people show up to help him build a month more of the toys and they kind of like they're sort of the elves uh sort uh kind of thing it's it's very very interesting like the the way they do each um 
little legend of, of Santa. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of heart to it because, you know, obviously like Jasper's heart grows, you know, as, as this town goes along, but the town is starting to get along again because they're like, their children are helping each other out. There's, there's spread of joy and spread of, of, of good deeds towards each other because they, they know that you're going to get a toy. If you do something good, that, 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 that that little spark of like an a, of an of a of a of a, jo- of a very well done you know a, a a kind act is reciprocated amongst everybody else and people think that that's that that's like you know like well he did the kind act to get the toy but what people misinterpret is that the toy is the first kind act that mm-hmm. gives a toy to a child and that's what sparks oh like if I do more good things, more good things can happen, et cetera. So, and just the spread of kindness and uh, it starts to get sabotaged by the two heads of the family because they like the feud. They know the feud needs to, to, to stay alive. So they literally team up to keep the feud going, which is preposterous. Like, it's just like, it's just like this really ridiculous, you know, climax of, 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 of insanity. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I want to go into the ending, immediately because yeah let's let's save it it's it's special it's very special i tear up every year i'm gonna tear up again when i watch it this year it's it's Mm -hmm. great every time so yeah it's it's good stuff so you shared a a good portion Mm -hmm. of the that line of the story Mm -hmm. tell me what drew you to this story uh, what drew me to it was definitely the animation uh just the the look and feel of this because um you know, Sergio Pablos has been had he'd kickstarted this actually. This was my, I want to say, second or third animation recommendation when I started the podcast. It was right around then. It might have been like further down. It might have been like the tenth. I don't know. Uh, I remember my first, but uh, but uh, it, it was somewhere. You really, always remember your first. Always remember the first. It was Hullabaloo, <laughs> which finally dropped an episode. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I can't remember when it was, but it was very early on. It was one of my first few episodes, and I. I mentioned this sh- this this movie that got kickstarted and picked up by Netflix uh, called Klaus, and I so I knew about it then, and I knew that it was going to be this two D animated thing. So I, I really wanted to to check it out, and the moment it finally dropped in 2018, uh, 2019. 2019, 2019, it was right before the hell year. Um, and it was amazing right before the darkness now, the dark times. Can you imagine talking to like telling kids about 2020 who didn't experience 2020? It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, um, I, I, I was immediately drawn to it because of those first looks and that first trailer, this thing that was 2d that was like mimicked to this 3d look with the lighting. And I, I had to see it. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be any good. I legitimately was like, I'm watching this for the animation. And then everything else like completely blew me away. So it was, it was great. All right. As we take a pause for the cause, if you haven't yet, you should check us out on all social media platforms by searching at in my head pod there. You can see who we've got coming on. And if you feel so inclined to, you could submit a question to be asked. Now, let's get back to the show. Fair enough. What about you, Jillian? I know you and I both missed this and just watched it a couple days ago. So with this one, I'm so glad you made this recommendation, Brandon. This was a beautiful movie. Um, From start to finish, I was enamored. I kind of sucked in just like you were. Uh, The 2D animation was beautiful, especially in a time where everything is three-dimensional. 
Um, everything is, it seems like CGI, but I, I know I'm not using the right term. It just, it doesn't, this seemed real. This seemed like a picture book to me, yes. you know, not just because the characters were flat, but this could be a story. Like I said, start to finish a beautiful movie. The guy that, that, uh, that created this, uh, nothing short of a masterpiece it's yeah. a modern marvel when it comes to to new movies and just like you alluded to um we won't talk about the ending just yet i haven't full stop man I, i'm still trying to i've talked about it on social media but i have not talked about it in 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 the podcast yet but my dad passed away in october 9th and you're gonna hear podcast of me talking about him you know where it's like we weren't close we had a very different relationship and it's been a couple of weeks since I've actually cried about it, but watching the end of that, that, that movie of Klaus that really brought back a, a bunch of, a bunch of like memories, but it was like a bunch of like shit. I wish I would have done differently, bunch of regret and seeing the end of this movie, you know, I started to cry mainly because the movie was wrapped up so beautifully, but it made me think of, of my dad. Um, you know, even like I said, it was a very interesting relationship. It was very hard. A lot of times we didn't talk. Sometimes we did. But this movie, I don't want to say it helped like usher me into the next stage of whatever grief is, because I still don't know how to feel and what to feel on a day to day basis. I still try to repress it. But this movie made me feel just a little bit OK with not so much with this passing, but with just just that scene alone with the you see it in the beginning of it when you get met with Klaus and he, he meets Jesper um, with the snow blowing. Right. Mm -hmm. You see it at the end of the movie, too. And mm -hmm. that kind of like I got goosebumps now just thinking about it. But it, it like it kind of pushed that regret that I have pushed it a little bit further. So I didn't have to hold it a little bit more. I didn't have to carry that weight as I didn't have to carry that weight as heavy as this has been. You know, it's, it's stupid to think something like that or say something like that with a movie that has nothing to do with, you know, a dad passing or anything like That's that. That's not but stupid I, at all. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> but no, it's it's like I said, I, I didn't want this to be a downer. But like I said, just seeing that scene, I went back and I rewound it two or three times and I was watching it with my kids and it fucking stuck with me for so long. And then I, I take my son, my oldest son to karate. And then I, I wanted to play it again. And I played it again. And I played it again. By the time I, it was all said and done, I probably played that last few minutes, maybe five or six times that, that night. And it, it just stayed with me for quite some time. Full stop, start to finish beautiful movie i was sucked in for the 2d animation it got me with the heart that it just had layered in every you could tell which way the story was going to go with these characters because you've seen it a hundred fucking times how they got to the destination they choose to go yeah nothing short of a masterpiece flawless even the russian judge or the french judge whoever gives the shitty grades whenever they're doing the gymnastics gave this a 10 out of 10 you know <laughs> fucking like i said beautiful movie from start to finish well the Russian judge gives the Russian kids a good score, just not the American ones. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but hopefully no, he'll yes. give this one a 10. But yeah, beautiful movie from start to finish. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So there... I got to be fully transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, Julian approached both Brendan and I with like, hey, we're going to do a battle of the Christmas movies. So I came into watching this with a chip on my shoulder. I'll admit it. <laughs> and initially, this movie, the animation was great. I will mm -hmm. absolutely sing the praise of the animation. Mm -hmm. uh, but the story gave me Christmas meets a knockoff Emperor's New Groove. It did have Here a Cusco a, vibe to it. A, 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 a shitty person who's entitled and thinks he's owed so much, finds out he 
could lose it all. And it's this the storyline almost felt like a Hallmark movie pitch. So I, I was watching this and I'm like, mm, I mean, it's got good animation, but this this beginning is giving me some, uh, I don't know why he picked this. <laughs> and then the heart started coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, first off, Rashida Jones. Rashida mm-hmm. Jones, which you you hadn't had a chance to mention, uh, is in this as a teacher who was sent yes. to this island. Yep. And is so fucking jaded because none of the kids wanted to learn. They're off hating on each other. So she turns her school into a fucking shit, a fish shop. <laughs> he was a fishmonger. Fish. Yep. Yes. And yep. and so one, I hella appreciated how the different nuances of their journey of Klaus and Jesper spark these different things with the origin of Santa. Mm-hmm. So I love that. But then you start seeing how, hey, one act of kindness sparks another. And that's routinely thrown out throughout the film where these kids are like, well, I want to write a letter, but I don't know how to write. And Jesper's like, he, he does a kindness out of greed. Right. Once. So he's like, well, I need you to write, but I don't want to teach you. There's a teacher over there. You should go. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? We want to learn how to write. <laughs> but I sell fish. Can you teach me? She's like, will you leave if I teach you? Yeah. Like, it was one of those things that you see this jaded person who is trying to save up all this money so she can get the fuck out. Yep. And it's almost like a, like a reigniting of a passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those different, like, heart-to-heart moments where you see Klaus, who is working through his own shit. Mm-hmm. And I guess we can go ahead and spoil it because, you know what, it's been four years. If you haven't watched it and mm-hmm. you haven't stopped since, you find out that Klaus was married. To Mrs. Claus, and they wanted kids. They wanted so many kids. Which, as a father, I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> have a couple. That's fine. But they wanted like seven. I'm like, my <laughs> God. Grass is always greener. <laughs> and, and so, at this point, finding out that they weren't going to be able to have kids. Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. They can have kids, <laughs> and. Just it, this gave me up vibes that beginning 15, mm-hmm. like 10 minutes, where it's like, hey, here's this love story. And you find out that here's this man who was so in love with this woman, wanted mm-hmm. a huge family with her. Yep. And then once she couldn't have kids, mm-hmm. and then eventually it got to a point where she passed. Mm-hmm. So you see him working through one, grieving the loss of what could have been, could he have had kids? Yeah. Because that's what he made all those toys for. And then also grieving the foundation that his life was built on around this woman. Yeah. So I love that. And I do appreciate that this, even though this act of kindness was done out of greed on Jesper's part, it kept sparking more and more acts of kindness Mm -hmm. to the point that he starts, do I really? It, it it's that it's that sort of like that culmination of like thinking about you know like what what, what is it you actually want do you really you know do you really want to have a nothing life with a bunch of money or do you want to have something that's fulfilling that he's now experiencing he's experiencing do you really want that pool situation. on top of the hill right like, yeah. like class was his bongo right? like, yeah. let's just be full-on honest this mm-hmm. was a variation of his new group which in fact mm-hmm. is fantastic mm-hmm. i I was very, I didn't want to say, because Jason Schwartzman, I love, and he's great. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you're not, 
you're not outdoing David Spade. <laughs> but then he outdoes David Spade's heart. And I feel like that's where Jasper or Jasper finally kind of takes over when he's like, look, yeah. I, I I try to be like this unlikable guy. Yeah. And did a good job. Let's mm-hmm. not front. Right. But it wasn't like a likable dislike. Right. Um, and then he gets more like, ah, no, he's starting to crack as well. And we want to root for him to make the right choice. Because mm-hmm. you have those two heads of family who are like, well, you know what? Let's get him out because we see he needs 6,000 letters. So it right. doesn't matter if you know how to write, guys. Just write something. We'll pay mm-hmm. for postage. And we're going to give it on this boat. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where Jesper's dad comes and grabs him. And like, you know what? You did a good job. Congrats. Let's go home. And everyone finds out because they come out and see his dad telling him, yeah, we can go home now. You did your job. Let's go. And yep. they realize you played us. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the classic, hey, here's this rich guy coming to a country and then finds he can fall in love with the country people there. And that the story itself wasn't original, mm-hmm. but the execution was actually pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to battle because I do enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. And while I came in with a chip on my shoulder, and again, I'm admitting it, <laughs> I see why this is so beloved. And I'm kind of sad that I missed out for like these last four years yeah. from the eternal darkness we experienced after 2020. Great. Um, Did you ever watch The I'm... Last Dance? Did you guys ever watch The Last Dance? The the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan documentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, so that no, meme that's going that. I watched around... The Last Unicorn. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you that's a great one too. You should. You should definitely watch the the last dance. It's on Netflix, but that whole that whole I came in with the chip on my shoulder made me think of Michael Jordan, and you can see it as a meme and a gif. He's like, and then I took that shit personally, and it's Michael Jordan sitting there talking about all the people that he beat the shit out of for to get six rings. So that's Ty. Not only are you Batman today, but you're also Michael Jordan. You're like my, my two <laughs> biggest influence as a kid, man. Yeah, uh, shucks. there you go. Well, you're there my you hero too. There you go. Oh, stop it. Um. You, you touched on it, Ty. You touched on one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. There's two parts that always kind of get me to... It gets my throat a little bit going, a little, little, little leakage <laughs> little in the eyes, a little tickle in my eyes. You know, it's uh, obviously the, the very end, which I, I just let that run. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't keep that. But the one that gets me a little choked up is when the kids go and they, they, they ask her to, to, to teach her how to, how, to, how to write. And she's just like, all right, whatever. If you'll leave, I'll do it. And then... Uh, she teaches a girl how to write her name and she's being very flippant and the girl looks at her and says that's my name and like and it's like yeah that's that's your name and then she just kind of like just kind of like goes wow like and she's like has this like look of awe on her face that she just wrote her own name and she says can you teach me something else and then it's just that little bit of like and I'm getting teared up about it right now uh, because uh, there's just like they're they're having someone like like get that spark back for the thing that they loved is just that 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 always hits me pretty hard it's why uh it's why i really like the speed racer movie that no one likes uh that's a that's which a, is so dumb it's a good movie it's a good movie it and is. people I enjoy which, it a lot which i i didn't appreciate it at first either i thought it was silly goof like like ter- you know like i was i was on the bandwagon and then i sat down and watched that movie i'm like this is about a guy who loves something and he hates that it's corrupted it's wonderful everything about this movie is great but um seeing that spark enter her again and uh you know sort of like a little bit of like 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 
uh, I would say like personal meat to that as well is that I had trouble writing and reading when I was younger and I had tutors kind of help me out there uh, with that. Um, and so it was, it, 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 it really sparked, it sparks me every time I see it, every time she gets that look on her face that she's, you know, that, she, that she's doing something, something new. And then she realizes she has to go and buy school supplies mm -hmm. and she dips into that, that giant jaw, that giant fish head full of money. And she's like very hesitant because it's like, she almost has enough to get out of that town, but then she plucks out of it to buy the kids pencils and paper and uh, to teach them, you know, that to teach her, she has that spark back and it's just like, it's so, <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. Was it the fact that she, Rashida Jones's character regained her spark for teaching mm -hmm. yeah, or was it the students realizing I want to know more? It, it was her spark. I think more so because okay. it, it was because the students like that was, that was nice. Just the, 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 that being like the, you know, the catalyst for her to under, to, to get that spark back that they want to learn now they want to learn more things. And, uh, but when I was a kid, like I didn't, I hated school. I didn't want like, uh, I, I was, I was really, really bad at it for a long time. Uh, my fourth grade year was a hellish year for me. Um, just cause I just, I, I wasn't quick to pick up on things. Um, and now like I'm, I, I love learn, like I love, I have Skillshare. I have, you know, I love learning on my own now. It's like way have more a glorious beard. Like, right. Uh, thank you. Now. Thank you. I apologize. I, I, I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like to learn a lot more than I did back in the day. I like to write things and to, to think about things in a way that I didn't when I was a, when I was a kid, I just wanted to watch cartoons. So it's now it's, literally all I want to do, but I can, you know, figure it out. I figured out a way to do that. Um, so it, it, it hits me a lot that to see somebody like, like see their passion again and, and to, to get that back and, and just the, the way that, you know, that Disney way that people emote and stuff, it's just like, ah, man, those big Disney eyes are awesome. It's like, <laughs> great. It's great stuff. What about you, Ty? Uh, what was your favorite scenes in, in, in Klaus? Yeah. I mean, I just have a huge love for Rashida Jones. <laughs> uh, I mean, ever Rashida. since Parks and Rec, like I've just always been a fan of hers. Uh, so I also really loved her getting that spark back. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, that arc right there is kind of what was a big thing for me with The Night Before Christmas. So I'll bring that up uh, when we get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I think of other things, I... I really loved how they showed a man who had been grieving and kind of working through that and how he kind of leaned on Jasper, who was using him. He was literally mm -hmm. trying to manipulate the situation for his benefit. Mm -hmm. But that was the push that Klaus needed to kind of mm -hmm. work through that trauma of, of grieving what could have been and grieving what has been lost. Yeah. Like that was huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And also like when he learned like that, that's really Jasper's turning point is when he learns why he had those toys and, you know, kind of uh, go into that. Uh, uh, forget the little girl. Was it Anya, the little Somni mm -hmm. kid? Um, yeah. When he, you know, like taught her how to, you know, went to the teacher's house, taught her how to write a letter in English, you know, and stuff like that. And he, 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 he went back to, to, 
make this sled this sled for her you know because klaus isn't going to do it he's you know he's 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 uh they've had their first little conflict where he you know he's he's not going to make any more toys that's not like we're we're out of toys we're not going to make any more so he decides he's going to go to the workshop and start doing it and uh klaus wakes up after you know jasper's worked himself uh to sleep and he just starts like all right and he starts making the sled with him and stuff and it's just it's one of my favorite scenes again is Jasper wakes up and he sees him making the making the thing and he goes to say like Klaus I'm I'm sorry and he stops him and he just points at the planer mm-hmm. it's like just work I don't want to talk about it but we'll you know it's like but we'll make this toy you know it's it's such a great moment for this old grizzled guy who's we're, trying to get his soul back it's so good we're not doing that scene justice we we got to no. go into it right because yeah. literally it goes in where Jasper is like shit hold on we like we gotta make more toys we can do this here i'm sad because originally he's like hey we're running out of toys he goes yep once they're all gone like we did it we're good we did our mm-hmm. good deed sweet right She's like i don't have enough letters yeah shit. so zesper is trying to take these energy i was like hey i've worked on your workshop we have here for the wood we have here for the gears and then here and there's places with covered and and klaus is like motherfucker step off don't go there. And Jasper doesn't pay attention and pulls it up. And that's when you find out that all these blank spaces, because it's basically a um, a mural where you have Klaus and his wife and a bunch of little all clothes that they wanted to put, like, uh, mo- not models, not action yeah, figures. What mini- am I min- trying to say? Little miniatures, little miniature dolls. Miniatures of yeah. the kids they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when Klaus is like, you've gone too far. Yeah. You have pulled up a memory I've been trying to repress so long. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And so at this point, Jesper, one, feels bad. Yes. But he's also, the reason why he starts working on that sled is because, like, well, I guess I got to make these toys if I want to get out. And it's not even so much he's trying to do it out of the goodness of his heart. Even though that's probably a big part of it. But that wasn't his sole motivation. There was that underlying greedy motivation of well i guess i gotta do this and i'll get out of here but klaus walks in and sees him trying to build this sled he goes he's still trying to make this girl's dream come true mm-hmm. and that kind of yeah. changes things for klaus for a whole mm-hmm. hey i just want to get rid of this maybe feel good that i get to help kids that i wish i would have had myself mm-hmm. to this is now a mission this yeah. isn't just trying to unburden myself this is much more about finding purpose and that's really what this movie's been about is finding purpose through acts of service yep mm-hmm. so i just i i was super jealous about that sled they made where it's like oh uh-huh. hey you actually it, we made a sled that acts like a sailboat so now you have a sail and she's able to just mm-hmm. like sail through the snow i was like yeah i want that yeah yeah <laughs> and and that 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 is the turning point i think for both of them like jasper doesn't quite admit uh the um you know that he that he wants to stay or anything like that or that admit to the fact that he was fleecing them from the start but like when he makes that when he makes that boat for that kid when they're both sitting there watching her play with it and that that that's when it's that's when their 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 souls melt you know they want to do this for for good and then jasper Jasper just kind of has like that it's that liar revealed thing in movies where you just can't quite say the thing and you keep getting interrupted when you have that 
moment to say it and you know it's a, it's it's an old trope but they 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 do it in everything so it's uh it's a bit harsh but, but yeah that's that that's the turning point was was uh was the little girl and uh you know that that again sparked the whole thing it was like well we can't make that many toys and then all those samney people come to the village and help him make all the new toys for for what will become christmas because christmas isn't a thing you know yet i guess so yeah it, well it, apparently it's, it is really cool. but it's, well yeah the presence is a fault with the holiday yeah the santa claus part of it's not real mm-hmm. so yeah it's not a thing so it, it it's it's a lot of fun i i I think it's great, and then and that then we get Christmas was more pure about Jesus and birth, and Jesus and no, no, no. It's too commercialized now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but um, they basically uh, we we get to the end where obviously they defeat the cr- the the crumbs and the and the and Elipox. What are their names? I forget their names. I can't uh, remember. I, I think crumbs was definitely one of them. But Ellingbows, Field and McCoy. Ellingbows. That's right. The, yeah, the Ellingbows and the crumbs. They they beat them. I love the I love the what's her face the the crumb lady. She's great. I think she's fantastic through that whole movie. And she's like, um, and Will she Sasso. goes through her own journey. It's like right, I've been yeah. fighting with this idiot. Yeah. What the fuck? It, it's one of my favorite lines. Is she's like, she's trying to like lead this plan to like get the kids to hate each other again because they're just insane like i love the the idea of like villains that just like they just want the status quo because they're so woefully terrible that they just they want to hate each other so they team up so they can hate each other later Mm -hmm. it's preposterous i love it well uh, so that actually had a deeper thing for me because this was so much they built their identity around this yeah so for her it wasn't just hey i have to team up with someone as i keep hating them it's hey Right now, my identity is being robbed because yeah. the community that it, I've tried to guide yeah. is now veering off. L- lineage, like like from from my family, yeah. like we've always hated the Ellingbos. Generation. <laughs> so, it's like so, this idea that we're getting along, we have to team up so that we don't get along anymore. Like it, it's so fun. Um, but Will Sasso is El- is the Ellingbo head family head, and he's just an idiot. And eventually, like the 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 the, the crumb lady, just like, how have we never defeated you? Like like baffled, like how have I never beaten you in this whole feud? It's ridiculous. Uh, But yeah, gingers will always rise, right? Yeah, and (laughs) they go through the liar revealed uh, course through an action sequence. That there, there's little Romeo and Juliet between the the head head daughter and head son uh, thing that's kind of built up through the movie, and you know the, the town gets together and it's all wonderful. But that's not the end of the movie. Uh, they 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 go into the epilogues of how um, Jesper gets with Alma. They have kids, and every year they do this this toy thing because you know doing it year rounds can't can't really do it. But they do the toy thing on Christmas every year, um, and then you see this great scene. And I got to set this up throughout the whole movie. Klaus has been sort of guided by the wind. Um, uh, when Jesper is like kind of walking away, you just hear like a little whisper, unintelligible little whisper, and like a wind kind of follows it to like go follow this man. Like this is this is something you do. And well, no, for that one yeah. actually, it was it was pulling yeah. the letter that the kid wrote. Yeah, the picture. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it drew him to Klaus. Klaus was like, "Here's a kid yeah. who feels like he's trapped." Right. Yeah. And, and just like there's a whole like thing where like the wind is kind of guiding him and you and it's it's pretty much inferred throughout but then you're just kind of confirmed at the end because each year he was getting older and he's like chopping wood and he's just he's more tired as they keep showing year after year and then he just kind of looks into the woods and the the wind is kind of like 
blowing that way and he's just like i'm coming and he just walks away into the woods and and just like and for uh, those who don't understand the wind was supposed to be his wife it's his wife it's like hey you can come join me now yeah and it's just like it's so wonderful it's just like it's so david the gnome like to portray a death in like this wonderful naturist way you know and stuff like that it it was wonderful like i i it's so good but then uh jesper has this little last monologue where he's with his family and he's just like you know it's like yeah we got kids and he's doing the whole like emperor cusco like yeah it worked out pretty good blah 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 and it's just like and then every night on christmas on christmas night or christmas morning i I can't explain it i i can't explain it i've never like I, i i've never even asked because once a year i get to see my friend and it yeah bottling up right now and it's just so good because that's the end of the movie you just hear santa's sleigh come by and santa comes back every year and it's just so good so good i i i, I tear up every time and i'm gonna tear up again when i watch it this year too every every time i'll collect all the tears in a jar throw them at you. <laughs> and then sell them on its patreon right yeah that'll be great <laughs> people will do that right Sell bath water on there. I don't know. <laughs> bath water, socks, smelly undies, and Brandon Jones tears from the it's animation right. destination. Here's Klaus edition. Klaus, the Klaus edition. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Klaus, and it's wonderful, and I love it, and I, I I will always defend that as a brand new classic, and everyone should go see it. I'm jealous you guys missed it for four years. I'd love to see it for the first time again. I think it'd be great. <laughs> for the first time in forever. Sorry. We're watching Frozen a lot at home, too, because my son <laughs> loves Olaf right now. Um, before we switch over to A Nightmare Before Christmas, I do want to... Uh, one, I want to apologize, Brandon, because you had two scenes in particular, and I cut you off after that first oh. one. Was oh, the second one the one you were talking about? The end scene, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, I apologize for jumping in there, man. Um, no worries. Because what a what a beautiful way to end that movie. And the my two favorite scenes in this entire movie that were like, if I could sum up this movie, or if I could say this scene makes this movie, it'd be the two scenes, the two last scenes, him getting old. <clears throat> excuse me, him getting old, and then just setting down his axe and then going into the wilderness to be with his wife. And then that last, that last line of dialogue. And I get to see my friend, you know, those two scenes, if I were to sell this movie or I have to show them just a little bit of something to get them hooked on something, I'm showing them one of those two scenes. Probably the one that hit me the hardest was him coming to the realization that his time is done. It's now he has done enough. He has carried the weight as far as he can carry. He has repented, even though he didn't have to repent. He has given everything he could to be a better person, be the person that his wife thought he could be or should be or would be to kids if he had kids. He wanted six, but he had millions. If you listen to the Santa Lore, ladies and gentlemen, billions, really. Um, you know, so him walking off into the, into the, not even the sunset, but into the, to the snowstorm, man, it was such a beautiful way to end that character because you killed off the character, but you didn't kill off the character. Cause if you read comic books, ladies and gentlemen, if there's no body, he didn't die. So the legend of Santa, he, never Kenobi. he did man. Um, and so I, I love that scene. And then that last, before we fade to black, I, it, like I said, it, it, I get to see my friend, man. 
it hits you so hard out of nowhere. Those two scenes are so close together. So usually when they're at the end of the movie, they're already starting to come down. Once Klaus walks off, I'm starting to ramp back up emotionally just because of my own baggage and the other shit I've been going through these last few months. But it's just, it starts to ramp up and that scene is like the last gut punch. And it is a welcomed gut punch, as dumb as that sounds. It is a beautiful... You could have had any other ending for that movie and nothing is touching those two moments that you mentioned right there, Brandon. So I appreciate one for sharing your movie with me. I appreciate you saying, hey, you need to watch this one because it's been something I'd want to watch for quite some time. But the excuse mainly most people use is just no time. You know, you can't really you can't yeah. really watch everything. You can't see everything. But I am so glad not only that we're friends and that I get to listen to you, both of your, you guys' podcast, but the fact that you threw one out there that I hadn't gotten the chance, and if it wasn't for this battle slash in-depth discussion that we were going to have, I might have pushed this one off for a couple years, and I'm glad I didn't this year, man. So this one was a welcomed, beautiful ending, beautiful movie all the way through. The characters were phenomenal. They did feel similar to An Emperor's New Groove. You had a Pacha in there. You had a, yeah. you had a Cusco. Um, but it makes that's, sense because that's what they were known. An that's what Disney was known for. They had an Yzma with the leader of Mrs. Crumb, you know? Yeah. Who had a crunk? Who had a crunk, which was she a had a crunk. That's true. I, it, I never really I never really put it together until you mentioned it, but yeah, it is very similar to, to Emperor's New Groove. It's a lot of fun. The the one thing that I loved her saying was when they devised the plan to to get Jesper gone, and then he goes up, Will Sasso's character goes up to say something, and she goes, If you ask me what we're going to do right now. And it essentially ends with that. She's like, I'm going to lose it. So her realizing that this guy is dumb as shit, that he's about to ask her about the plan that she just threw out there on the table, explained it to, <laughs> that was a very, you didn't switch the vial crunk moment for me. And I laughed considerably <laughs> at that one. You know what I mean? So love this movie, you know, five out of five stars. If I'm rating it 10 out of 10, if you want to get, uh, you know, real extra about it, but, like I said, acting, the animation, the writing was beautiful. The writing was spectacular. I mean, very rarely do you see a movie encompassing all of these things and all of these things not only hit in a certain level, but overachieving in the best possible way. This movie is very hard to rate up against anything else. Ty, you're going to have a really hard time, even though I'm not giving anybody any ratings or numbers. Maybe. Uh, this one's going to be very hard to beat. But however, I do love. You know what? Tonight. No, here, here's what I think. I think you came up with some categories like animation, originality, mm -hmm. story. Like at the end of this, we should go ahead and go through a animation, whatever the categories you had, and okay. we'll come whatever to it. Okay. Because this this movie deserves respect. I, I will movie, absolutely yes, come over that. And and to your point of not having enough time, listeners, if you feel like you're not having enough time, do a podcast. It's going to force you to watch stuff you wish you would have watched earlier. Absolutely. It's true. It really is. You got to have a leg to stand on. Now, before we get to uh, before we get to a nightmare before Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, we will be um, right back. All right. And we're back from that scheduled commercial break. I think that's what they say, ladies and gentlemen. But we're back and we're talking the second part of our versus slash in-depth review discussion of these two beautiful movies. And we're talking Ty's favorite Christmas movie of all time, A Nightmare Before Christmas. So Ty, just much like Brandon did, 
take us through the plot of A Nightmare Before Christmas for the folks that might not have seen it. So if you haven't seen it, again, this movie is now 30 years old. <laughs> so if you have not seen it, guess what? That's your fault. You also have a chance to go ahead and pause it so you can watch it before coming back to this episode. But the premise of A Nightmare Before Christmas resumes with Halloween Town. And you have the scariest monster there, Jack Skellington, who is finding himself kind of burned out of doing Halloween every year and realizes and is ignited by learning about Christmas Town and the Christmas holiday. And he is now trying to set things up to where he can do Christmas because he thinks that will that will give him the new purpose he needs. And that's kind of just some, a, a basic outline. There's there's so much more nuance, but that's just an overall outline of what to expect with this movie. This is mm-hmm. uh, directed and I believe created by uh, why am I spacing on Tim Burton's name? Tim Burton, yes. <laughs> so the the creator of the first two Batman movies, the creator of Beetlejuice, uh, yes. So we have that dark and gothic mm-hmm. round here, and it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right at the bat, we have Jack Skellington and the music by Denny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have Sally, who was voiced by. Uh, Kevin's mom, Moira from uh, Schitt's Creek. Catherine O'Hara. Yes, thank you for uh, cutting me off. But also, I forgot, so thank you for letting me (laughs) remember. (laughs) Uh, It seemed like you were kind of stretching it, so I wanted to. (laughs) I was. I I really was. He was tap dancing. (laughs) I was like, man, why can I not remember Catherine O'Hara? This movie, there, there's a lot of childhood nostalgia that goes into this but honestly re-watching it again and it's been a bit I tried to show it to my kid and he he wasn't as big a fan as I was hoping he didn't hate it but it's kind of like you don't get it Ugh. <laughs> not yet he'll get not it in yet. a couple years <laughs> maybe we'll see we'll see uh, but this one still slaps man like yeah. I think Absolutely. the biggest thing is what the music is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I, as much as I love Klaus, it, the music had nothing in regards to just the catchiness, the, the music that just brought you in and just kept you there hooked into the whole genre. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman is just a fantastic composer. Uh, so I just, being able to sing those songs mm-hmm. from Jack Skeleton and Christmas Time going, what's this? To the Oogie Boogie song, uh, which actually, fun story, uh, I was in a theater class in high school and we were trying to do a musical, it was like a musical class where we had to come up with a musical and then act it out. And of course, I did the Oogie Boogie song and my partner, <laughs> play, who was a, a woman, played Santa Claus. And mm-hmm. we're basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lip syncing the song. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there lip syncing Oogie Boogie, and she's lip syncing Santa, and it was amazing because I'm sitting there, I have her in a chair, I'm doing these dances, 
kind of like flipping around and then like she's like oh release me now or you will face the dire consequences and, <laughs> uh, it's just there's so many memories Absolutely. surrounding this film for me mm-hmm. but then re-watching it and trying to have a a less or a more critical look is what I'm trying to go for. Because I, mm. I was critical of Klaus and was pleasantly surprised. So I tried to be fair and have that same critical look. Mm-hmm. But it hits, man. Even now, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me now is Jack Skellington and realizing he's going through burnout. Mm-hmm. That is something that is so prevalent now. But I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is so loved and still around to this day. Because yeah. here's a man who is burned out being the best in this one area. And then he sees, oh, hey, here's another thing. I could take on this other identity and take on Christmas. And that's yeah. going to give me the purpose I feel like I'm, I've lost now. And you go from between that to you have Sally who, of course, is the rebellious teenager uh, of the doctor who was mm. sitting there escaping, but she's like, I want to be there and support you, but this premonition I've had says this is going to end in disaster. So now I'm trying to stop you, not out of, like, you're wrong, but I just want to protect you. And so being a parent now and kind of be like, hey, I see this thing you're trying to do, but I also want to protect you. It might look like I'm trying to stand against you. But I'm doing it because I'm scared this is going to hurt you. Yeah. There there was so much heart that I was like, as a kid, the music and just the the fun gothic-y storyline was great for me. Now, as an adult, having lived life and... <laughs> sorry, let me rephrase that. Having survived life, <laughs> it's... It hits on different levels, but still just as hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree more. I sent you guys a message. Check that message out real quick. We're going to keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to step away. I got my headphones in. I'll be right back. Yep. Um, My um, initial uh, thoughts coming into this. Um, I did not appreciate this uh, movie when I was younger uh, at all. I, I I was snobbish towards this movie for a long time. Out of curiosity, uh, why? Like what what was I, about the movie that you're like, mm, no, I it, can't like this? It was it was again, it was like kind of that like just like it was kind of everywhere. It was like that that idea of like like it, you was, know, it was too kind of, popular for it you was, to take it, it Exactly. I was being hipstery about it, you know. And okay. Like it, okay. I was being and I fully admit, just like I don't think it's that good. Uh, you know, I, I would always say like like it like obviously like the the animation and like it bringing that whole idea of stop motion animation to that next level. Even back then, like I would give it props for that, but I, I, I would say I didn't like the songs and I don't like the look of it because I just wasn't like a goth kid. Yeah. I just would like tear this movie. Down. Um, and uh, it was uh, not till pretty much adulthood when I like rewatched it. It was just like, yeah, this movie slaps. Like I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't deny it. This movie's really good. Like the songs are catchy. The designs are out of this world. They are insanely good. I, I don't think insanely there's insanely detailed. Detailed. I don't think there's a better 
group of three main character designs than Jack, Sally, and Oogie Boogie. I think that is like the most solid, some of the most solid character designs out there. Like no, like the, their silhouettes are so crazy good. I think Sally is one of the best designed characters ever because she is creepy and adorable all at the same time. It, mm-hmm. She's like a perfect goth Barbie doll. Like it's, it's fantastic. So I, gotta make a call back to yeah. klaus yeah because i yeah. absolutely laughed and was <laughs> terrified by those kids yes the wide eyes like first they're like poking a, a snowman with <laughs> right. carrots and they yeah. just seem good and they're doing yeah. it but like putting yeah. the carrots in the and like oh that's adorable but y'all look creepy as fuck <laughs> oh my gosh there were so many creepy things in the back that like carrying the de- the what looks like a body in a carpet, but they don't say it's a body and yes. stuff like that. It's like <laughs> very, very Nightmare Before Christmas style yes. stuff in that movie is great. Um, you know, fun fact, if you just type, I this is what I get anyway. If you go into incognito mode on Google and just type Sally in images and it's just Sally from this movie, which yeah. is crazy because it's, you know, like like. There are millions of people named Sally. There's when Harry met Sally. There's hundreds of characters named Sally in movies, yes. but she's the one that's on all of the all the things. You you don't you don't get that with with with, with a lot of characters. So you know because it's such a common name. But like like I think those three characters are some of the best designs I think I've ever seen. And and it 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 hit me. That movie hit me in adulthood way harder than when i was a kid and th- there might be a piece of it that's like missing for me because i didn't have the nostalgia for it when i was a kid i saw it once and that was like it and then i snobbishly dismissed it and you know and and now it's like man i i kind of wish i had that 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 nostalgia attached to it as well because people think nostalgia is like a a crippling thing it's not nostalgia is awesome people should embrace nostalgia entirely because it it brings you back to a feeling that you it, it brings you back to a feeling that you had at your most base level and people need to feel that more often. Um, and, so I, uh, don't, I don't disagree with you there, yeah. but I am very curious having snobbishly, as you admitted, yes, like pass it aside yeah. and then come back and be like, Oh shit, this does slap. Yeah. What, yeah. what was that moment like for you? Cause this, I imagine it's kind of like watching it for the first time. Cause you're watching it with fresh eyes and you're like, yeah. I was wrong. Like, right. What was that like for you? It was it was interesting just because it was like it was kind of that I was experiencing it in a in a much better light, I guess, because I was with a bunch of friends and I wasn't it was when I was like, stop. I stopped being kind of snobbish about stuff and like they really wanted to watch it. So I wasn't expressing to them. This movie sucks. It's not very good. It's overrated. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like I never said it sucked. I will say that. Even You're... as a kid. Your even snobbish as a... accent was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> even as a kid, I never said it sucked. I always just thought it was overrated and people liked it more than it than it deserved. Uh, okay. I, I realize now that it's completely wrong. It absolutely deserves all the love that it gets. And it was that day that like people watched it. And like I remember just having a blast watching it. And I'm sort of like mouthing the words to some of the songs. I'm like, oh, fuck, this, this has got some good songs, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, shit. Do I, do I like this movie? God, no, all right. I've been gotcha, wrong bitch. this whole time. <laughs> they got me. You know, it's like, it's like they got me. So yeah, it the was, hipster it was... was wrong. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> and I, I'm not. I'm not usually hipster about stuff either. But this was one that I just like. I knew I had my opinion on this one, and I I was totally wrong about it. And it was it was nice to be kind of, you know, at the time I was kind of like, ah, man, yeah, 
Ugh, I was wrong that whole time, wasn't I? Now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm glad I was wrong because it's a good movie and I get to experience it in a different way now. So it was it was a lot of fun. So getting to experience that. So what about Did you ever you, watch Juliet? South Park? One, yeah. Let me let, let me ask this one question real quick. You guys remember that episode of South Park where how oh, is it? Stan becomes a goth, you nonconformist. That's you, yeah. Brandon. You nonconformist. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? As a goth kid, it's like, oh, nonconforming. Oh, <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, yeah. I, I apologize, Ty. What was your and question? And I love actually how like Goth gets like, oh, I'm not conforming, and then they like praise this movie that was very conforming. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's just yeah, they they conform to each other. That's the funny thing. So so, so Brandon comedy, shared how he was snobbly uh, rejecting this film, but even though he was like, it's good, it just ain't that good. It's not that good. Uh, what was that like for you? Because I know you said you kind of missed the whole era of everyone thought it was cool, and I was like, eh bypassing it and then seeing it later like what was that journey like for you at first glance i was blown away as an adult kind of like what what brandon was saying just the fact that if you before i started watching this one i went down a youtube rabbit hole one night of just animation claymation i can't remember what i saw on an instagram reel or something along those lines but i saw something and i was like i wonder what it was like to to really make a nightmare before Christmas. And I had on the art director uh, for a nightmare before Christmas. Um, and I was just, I was blown away. Just watching them state, like, I, I think it's like 30 seconds, uh, a 30 second clip of just Jack. And they're literally got the one guy behind him and they're moving him like his arms and everything. And they're taking a picture. So it stopped frame the entire time. And you see the entire process and you go in, like I said, I've talked to a couple guys that have worked on it, talked to the art director. And then I go and I watch this and think about how many hands they had to have to just move these characters and think about what if it got too hot? What if it got too cold? The clay messed up. This happened. This happened. Then they have to start the entire process over again. It's just what went into this, like first glance, seeing this as an adult was like, my God, this was a modern or not modern, modern at the time when it came out, but just a modern masterpiece at that time. And looking at it now, not only does it hold up the entire time, the songs are fun as hell. I'm able to look at it, like Brandon said, with fresh eyes and unbiased eyes because my kid wanted to watch it. And I'm never going to sit there and say, you know, oh, you can't watch this within reason. You can't watch this. You can't yeah, watch within that. Reason. Can't. There's some shows within like reason. Within reason. But, you know, if it's if it's a movie they want to check out, it's just like, all right, well, I'll go down this journey. I'll go down this rabbit hole with you. And I just remember sitting back watching it. And I much like Brandon has said, I had more fun sitting there watching it with my my two year old because he was enamored. When you guys listen to the Ninja Turtle episodes that you've listened to for the past couple of weeks, that movie sold me hook, line and sinker because I got to sit there and watch my two year old essentially and more than likely go through the same kind of like ups that I went through when I got into turtles and I got to play the, I got to play the placeholder of my mom seeing that with me, but I got to see it with my son. So I was, I was hooked with it already. And I was like, man, he's a little two-year-old and he's having fun with this. Yeah. I think I can drop this false bravado and stop being a douche and really look at this movie. Don't go with it with any expectations like all of my friends that love this movie said it was the greatest, the greatest movie, yada, yada, yada. Go in it with no expectations and just enjoy it second for second, minute for minute, scene for scene, line of dialogue for line of dialogue, and just watch the movie and have a good time. So when I dropped all of those, like I said, those preconceived notions, those ideas of like, I don't like this movie because of 
insert you know uh, example or insert excuse here and just watched it for what it was it was fun and what ty has said on multiple occasions this movie slapped man it was a lot of fun i i didn't remember smiling this much the first time i saw it maybe even the second and third time i saw it but i had fun with it for two months ladies and gentlemen straight through if you have kids you understand when they get hooked onto something they don't let it go and you continue and continue and continue mm -hmm. I've probably logged a couple hundred hours with this movie over the last couple months. And I got to say, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, go ahead, Brandon. That parenthood thing is, uh, is, is real. I don't have any kids myself, but uh, my parents had kids, oddly enough. Um, but uh, my mom to this day. Prove it. Like, I don't believe I know, you. That is weird, right? Uh, but my mom to this day, if she ever <laughs> hears. I was never born. I was I here know. when the stars rose. I was here when the stars fall. <laughs> Ethereally came into being. Um, my mom to this day tears up whenever she hears the He-Man theme. To this yeah. day, because she remembers me and my brother sitting down watching He-Man, and that did it floods her mind whenever she hears the He-Man theme. She just starts like crying, and it's kind of hilarious, but it's also like, yeah, like you know, you. you you, you're attached to your kid and like you're attached to the thing that they enjoy. So my mom loves He-Man. This is weird. It's just a weird thing because it's such a weird little, you know, boys cartoon from the 80s. But she loves it simply because we did. So there you go. Well, we we all have talked about loving the music. As far as a story, what really stuck out to you? Because I I remember feeling like, one, this was just a, a, a fantastic story of someone um, thinking they could do something else and realizing, no, I had it right the first time mm -hmm. and then putting the energy there. Uh, but now I'm seeing it from an, from the eyes of someone who has survived life. Uh, again, just seeing Jack kind of burn out and kind of lose that fire mm -hmm. and then come back for it to just burn brighter. Like, oh, I have so many ideas of what I want to do now for Halloween. Oh my gosh, this was great. And and also deal with the whole ground. I was like, I kind of fucked this up. I need to make this right. So mm -hmm. we had these two different storylines of of Jack going from. I'm, I feel like I've. This is boring to me. This is not filling me with life anymore. And mm -hmm. I've I've been there where I've I've seen not only myself but other people. Yeah. Find something that ignites their curiosity, and then they try to make it their whole identity. Just realize, no, that's not my identity. This is who I am, but I can still take the acknowledge. I can take the acknowledgement of this lights me up, mm -hmm. but I'm able to put it into where I am now. Yeah. So those were the things that really spoke to me. Rewatching it as an adult, for you guys who watched it, uh, practically for the first time. Let me phrase that watching it and enjoying it for the first time what was it about the story or did you enjoy the story yes I'll let you go uh, I'll let you go first brandon i'll be right back again i'm sorry yeah but keep going i got uh, headphones in yep you and your babies uh it's yeah. like um, babies are awful <laughs> um, they, they, they but, will let you feel loved until they are crying until they they're crying awful parent 
Yeah, it was uh my I this is no no I'm not gonna tell that story here. Uh, it's probably it's not it's not my story to tell, and it's uh, it's hilarious, but it's not my story to tell, and I don't want to uh, uh uh get the guy in trouble. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, after the podcast, I'll let you know. Um, but no, the 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 story here, I, I think you're right that that whole idea of like burning out or like trying to find a new passion somewhere else that then reignites the passion that you had prior. You know, um, I think everybody can. Here comes Callie. Um. I think anybody can experience that sort of thing because yeah, you, you lose your passion over something. And then um, it, it, it even speaks to the new thing that he's, that he's trying to experience too, because like it helps him refine, you know, find his passion that he was good at uh, before. So um, it, 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 it's, it's a lot of fun. I also just love thematically the idea that like there's a Halloween town there's a town of Halloween, you know, like there's a town of these things. Uh, it was my favorite aspect of uh, of um, Rise of the Guardians uh, a few years ago. OK, yeah, because that had a whole thing where like uh, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch, but the idea of like these entities that represent each holiday um, and what that holiday represents to people is is, is a lot of fun. Um, and this is sort of like an early kind of way for that, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. There's a, there's a passion for Halloween. That's like, not the same thing as like Christmas, you know, like, like there's a, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a funness to Halloween. There's, there's a, uh, there's a joy to being scared, et cetera, et cetera. Cause you'll have, you know, it, and honestly, like nowadays you, you get kid the part where he's like terrorizing kids with his presence, like accidentally or whatever. Nowadays you get kids who'd be like totally fine with those presents, you know, because they grew up on horror movies and stuff. So it, it's, it's, I mean, there's, there's some kids like you have yeah. the first kid Jack sees who pulls mm. out the, the shriek head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he said there, like, I was like, uh, I got this. And the parents, and the parents are, they are just there, ah, and they're down. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to yeah. do with this. Like, I don't know what, what do, do I do? <laughs> he's not even scared, so much he's just confused. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It says like, here, let me trade that for you. Right. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun just because you know, like that 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 idea. Come on, Kelly, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but just that idea of like, you know, um, these different representations of what he did, but they, they give Jack that same passion in both ways. You know, it's just like, he's, he's trying to find that spark again to like, to really get something. And he, he, he realizes that he never lost, you know, he never lost it before. It was just, it was just a little, a little smaller. So having it, I mean, he did reignite. Lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was very much, it was always there, but he lost sight. Right. He lost sight of it. Yeah, for sure. It was it was never gone, but he, yeah. he had lost sight of where it was. That's a better analogy. I like that. And then you so. have Sally. And Sally was an interesting thing because that this part who loves Jack, but feels unseen. Right. And then you see her trying to do these things. I initially took it as she's trying to get his attention. Hey, I'm trying to stop you from doing this. Mm-hmm. So you look at me, but really, no, she was just trying to protect him. Yeah. And she was kind of resigned. I was like, I don't think he's ever going to notice me. Yeah, but I also don't want this horrible premonition of seeing him burn to the ground. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. That was an interesting aspect, almost like a selflessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I I almost missed even on this round of watching. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, like, look, here's a guy who's trying to just live his passion. Here, here's a guy like hey, it's me imagining someone like, oh, hey, I think I could do something in stand-up comedy, and then here's 
a spouse or a potential partner like, no, I'm going to try and stop you from doing this. Like, no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> it, it's more so she sees a terrible end. Right. And it's trying to prevent that because she just wants to make sure you're safe. Right. Yeah. Even though she could talk, but she doesn't feel seen. So she feels like her voice won't matter. So she tries right. to go these almost like back channel ways of, hey, maybe I can figure out a way that I can protect him this way. Right. Yeah. All with just a hope that maybe he'll notice her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he does. Yeah. Yeah. Santa exactly. Claus is like, uh, next time you have an idea of like taking over someone's holiday, listen to this, bitch. She's <laughs> the only one that's smart. Everyone else is fucking nuts. Everybody else is insane. Sally's the only like reasonable person in all of Halloween Town. It's, it's, and that's it's, the first time that he's like, wait, yeah. you are trying to save Santa Claus before I realized he needed to be saved. Mm-hmm. And you've been trying to protect me all this time. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yep. You want to go out? There you go. <laughs> you want to go out? <laughs> you want to get yeah. tacos? You want to get tacos or something? Can I get your number? Can I get your number, girl? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that hip with the tech talkers? Are we in yeah. the crowd? Um, I, I think Matt TV's still hip. I don't know. Yeah, right. What about you, Julia? What was what about the story drew you in? I, I want to say it's the same thing that you mentioned because personally I went through burnout. Um, you know, like I said, COVID fucked up a lot of things for a lot of people and it hit the industry, it hit the food industry extremely difficult. And I was very close to signing $80,000 away to open up my own food truck shortly before COVID, probably like 10 days a week, 10 days tops before COVID hit. And how I got let go and how all of day shift got let go at the restaurant I was at when COVID hit and how we were kind of drug along to, you know, you guys are coming back, you're coming back, you're coming back to ultimately not come back to the restaurant. I was extremely, I was extremely pissed off and jaded with the industry. I was done with the food industry. I was like, I I don't want to do this anymore. I want to find something else. You know, I want to find something that when I go to work, it feels like I matter at work. I want to be more than just a cog in the wheel. Um, what Jack was going through is what I was going through. So just seeing that play out, obviously three years removed from that feeling, um, almost three years exactly removed from that feeling. Um, you know, seeing all of that, I was like, man, it brought up a lot of cool memories that I was able to put myself into a character and really feel what he was feeling and what he was going through. I 100% understood the motivation of this character, the reason that he would do anything just so he could feel for a second, some glimmer of, man, I matter, man, they see me, man, I did something really, really cool that was fulfilling. You know, so that's what I loved most about this. I will say, you know, before anything else in this movie, before the music, before the dialogue, um, before anything else, the the thing that comes up the most other than what I just explained with Jack is the colors that pop on the screen for this. The reds just seem more red. The green seem more green. But mainly I tried putting red on in the background, but red head red lights red shirt none of that shit matches when you when you got a vanilla face like me and red hair um it just doesn't look good we don't look good in, we don't look good as a people as a whole but red and red You're just not doesn't cracker. match but You're just just vanilla <laughs> vanilla is fuck man that's why i named my my little food thing the vanilla gorilla kitchen but uh just seeing the red pop on jack seeing the green seeing the colors 
it feels like whenever you start seeing the houses start decorating for Christmas and everything starts going up, it really felt like, oh, fuck, this is this is the beginning of the year or the beginning of the holiday season for Christmas. That's what the beginning of that movie felt like. Oh, they're all decorating now. Oh, they're all getting ready. Oh, shit. They're not even in the same holiday unit what the fuck is going on you know so i loved the character development of jack i loved what he was going through felt so personal and so real i loved being able to put myself in his shoes and know what he was feeling emotionally mentally you know physically and then getting to see all of the colors those are the two things that really popped for me for this movie in particular well now i gotta ask for the both of you what was your favorite song you go first man I want to think about it. Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, uh, what is Oogie Boogie song called? I think it's the Oogie Boogie song. Oh, it's the Oogie Boogie song. Okay, yeah. So I was I was checking. I, th- I thought it was. I just didn't know if it actually had a title. But yeah, that was great because uh, Elfman like really it, he he hit on all the Betty Boop uh, style songs mm-hmm. at the time that 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 just uh, the Cab Calloway style of things was 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 it's just great and, and just like the the fact that he took that old 1930s stuff and put it into this character and Ken Page is Ken Page is his name? I, I believe it's him? Ken Page. I think it's Ken Page. And he just kills it. He just has that really 1930s. You ever seen you guys ever seen Over the Garden Wall? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh that's a great that's a great uh five episode short if you've never seen it tie on uh Aaron Cartoon Network. And it just has this old timey 1920s or it's like you know, Cuphead. much like cuphead and it's just like that that kind of music like is is just that old timey stuff stuff you'd hear on a gramophone you know it's just that yeah benny goodman yeah 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 yeah, stuff like that that's that's oogie boogie's whole feel that i love and he's just like i don't know it's i love that The, the the idea that elfman took all these different like sounds and put them with each character because you know each character had the genre of music that played into them Exactly, and and that that that's my favorite is is the Oogie Boogie song. That that one's great. Absolutely love it. So, what about you, Jillian? Oh man, is this is going to be like uh, the podcast or the movie for because my kids like it? Um, Cooper is now <laughs> at that stage where he's trying to sing along, but he still can't sing along because he's fucking two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying his hardest, but. Uh, what's this that was the only thing that like he could keep up on so what's this so getting to see him say what's this what's this what's this um i it's just something fun and whimsical about that song that i and plus like i said it's it's cooper trying to sing it and trying to keep up with it so it's what's the if that's the name of the song what's this Um, yeah that's the song i like the most i love that those those two songs were my favorite and -hmm. you guys both picked them and that just ah that warms my heart yeah. Well, hold we on. Who? Which one did you like more? Which one of your kids do you like more? Ty in this podcast, me <laughs> or Brandon? <laughs> I, I was like, which one of your kids do you this love? Got, more? Uh, this got weird. Yes. <laughs> it's not weird unless you make it weird. Truly, you made it weird. <laughs> um, I would say initially my favorite was what's this. But I feel like a butt's coming <laughs> as an older person and, and someone who loves just jazz in general. I feel like the Oogie Boogie song just takes it. Yeah, really. it's got some soul. Mm-hmm. It does. Got soul Ooh. Too. Ooh. Even though Boogie has no soul. 
I know he's just a bunch of bugs. I love it. I love that he's ugly on the inside. It's the best thing. It's like the best no, thing. I, I want to bring up something. Uh, did you guys ever play Kingdom Hearts? I tried. I oh. couldn't get into it. Yeah, Larry yeah. hates me for it. <laughs> well, I I will still love you. That's what? not going to change. But they have a level where they deal with a night before Christmas, and that yep. just ah, uh, that brought yep. so many memories for me. Yep. Yeah. Kim Page comes back and plays him. I think he's always played Boogie when they've uh, when they've had him on something else. But yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. It is weird seeing Sora next to Jack. It's like it's very weird to see that. It's like it's just like this real anime ass character just standing next to Jack Skellington is so bizarre. True, but then you also get the whole thing where like you have uh, Oogie Boogie comes yeah. back as like yeah. the, like he's like you haven't even seen my final form. Right? <laughs> it's good stuff. It's great stuff. His final form is a boat, like everybody in Kingdom Hearts. They all turn into yeah. boats. I don't know why, but yeah, that's a thing. around and hit these sparts. <laughs> so weird. They all turn it into a boat. So, it's all fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, so I'm going to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, th- th- this like Boogie Boogie song like really, really resonates with me too. Is just something creepy about it. And it's a creepy movie. That's the whole point. I argue that that I, I agree with Boogie. I think he's a better representative of Halloween. He's creepier. Mm-hmm. He's like Jack's like kind of nicer and like, you know, he's 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 wanting he's wanting to spread the joy. But but Boogie's just he's just an I don't know, man. Like when you see Jack Skellington coming to fight Oogie Boogie, yeah, like I got creeped out when he's there. He's all fours. That's what's yeah. That's what's so good about that final battle is that he kind of like he re-embraces the fact that he's a creepy Halloween monster to impart like that he's like better than Boogie at the whole thing. It's so good. It's it's such a. It's why I always argue, even though it has very Christmassy vibes of lessons in it. It is a Halloween style. It's a it's a Halloween movie as well because yes. like the Halloween saves the day. He's like creepier and more terrifying than Boogie at the end. You know, it's just like that. It, I love it. I think it's great. So, you know. So Ty, I wanted to ask you this question, I, Brandon. If I didn't ask you this one, I apologize. But I felt like we talked pretty in depth about uh, pretty in depth about the scenes and claws, mm-hmm. but I didn't word it correctly. However, if Ty, if you had a person that has never seen this movie, like we saw Klaus, right? Mm-hmm. And you had to give them one scene that you know they would fall in love with this movie, that it, it it is the epitome of this movie. It is the entire movie in this one scene. Is there one scene in this movie you can point to and goes, that is what a nightmare before Christmas is? Hmm. That's a tough one. Because it depends on what angle you want to go in. I think just in general, the overall, if you show them Jack in Christmas Town, the whole what's this like musical, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the perfect hey, here's a Halloween character who is seeing Christmas is like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. I feel something. I haven't felt something like this in a long time. Like that's I feel like that would be the epitome the first of first time in what's, forever. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was like. The first time in forever, there is warmth inside my bone. That's a callback, um, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. Is. Yes. See, it in is. comedy, that's called a callback, and yeah. uh, so I feel like that would depict the overall arching story. But if you knew that, I feel like what would be a 
better scene for you to be like, oh, I want to want to follow this character's growth. I would say it would be the very beginning of Halloween Town. Mm -hmm. This is Halloween is the song, I believe. Yeah. And where you see Jack is like, hey, I'm the the pumpkin king and there's all this. And it's like, but I'm kind of like done with this. I and I guess that's not even the Halloween song. Let me rephrase that. This would be after the Halloween song because you see him leave and he goes in and he goes, I've done this all before. But I've kind of like, how many times can I scare a kid? Like he just, yeah. he's like, this is what I've been great at, but I don't feel like it means anything anymore. And I feel like if you know the overall story, I feel like that would get you into like wanting to see where this character goes. But just overall, I'll say what's this is the epitome of if you watch this and like it, you're going to love the movie. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Um, Same yeah, I feel, you. I feel like, I feel like Halloween town is like, it's a really good opener for, for what's there. Cause like, I wouldn't suggest that for Klaus, for Klaus, I wouldn't suggest the opening scene. Um, it's, it's more of a plot setup type of thing. It doesn't give you the idea of like, what's, what the movie's about. But I think this, like, like this is Halloween town is it, like, like that's, it sets up the movie perfectly. I think it's just like this, like, yeah, like just start off on the banger man like just right there like 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 let be introduced the way that they decide to introduce this this whole original concept because really like there was nothing really kind of i'm sure somebody will point to some like, like obscure whatever film in germany 1947 where they did this sort of i don't i don't care this is the one that like like brought it in this idea of like halloween this halloween world mm -hmm. kind of being uh brought in so like yeah just let him introduce it that way watch the first scene and if if that's if that hits then 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 check out the rest so there you go beautifully put man i gotta say <clears throat> when it comes to the entire it's it's i love i'm gonna put myself back into jack as dirty as that sounds um or as naughty as that sounds um, just him finding that uh, the same thing you guys mentioned in, in Klaus about her finding her spark again, mm -hmm. yeah. seeing Jack inquisitive and, you know, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in him, but seeing my toddler go, man, what's this? Like, what does this do? Can my finger go in this outlet? Hmm, let's try, you know? So Jack just running around, seeing things he's never seen before, never experienced before and being genuinely just, inquisitive and interested in like oh my god i forgot life is supposed to have color because you go from the dark drab the oranges and the greens and the purples and the blacks and the whites to reds and greens and blues and purples and and all of these just fascinating colors and it's such a contrast from what he is to where he's at to where he's going and then you just like oh my god it just took him to see like Life has color. Life has meaning. There's something more than just the drudgeries that I've been stuck into. I'm more than, you know, my name or my title. I am more than insert whatever descriptive you want here. So I loved that. Like I said, that whole what's this monologue mm -hmm. scene, musical song and dance, whatever you want to call it, man. That whole yeah. thing is what uh, not simplifies, but what summarizes what a nightmare before Christmas is for me. I mean, if I had to give somebody that's never seen the movie one scene, I know when they're getting hooked on, I'm giving them that scene because it's just fun. At the end of the day, it's just fun. Absolutely. Hey, man. 
Amen, man. So we're coming down towards the end of this of this breakdown. Um, kind of like what what uh Brandon did. Is there two scenes in this movie, uh, Ty, that mean more to you than the rest of the movie? Can you point to any two? It doesn't have to be scenes. It could be analog or uh, excuse me, dialogue, songs. It could be you know the way a character looks at one another. But there's there two moments, two scenes in this movie that just uh, sum up a Nightmare Before Christmas for you, and why you love it so much. Well, if I'm trying to base this off of how Brandon was like, this is what made me cry. Um, <laughs> There's lots of things that do that. Yes. I, oh boy, oh boy. You're do not that. alone, man. <laughs> uh, I would say the two moments that really spoke to me, that really like got my heart like, damn. Uh, I would say after Jack has been quote unquote blown to smithereens mm. and he's laying on this tombstone of an angel and it's like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Just kind of that moment of like, fuck, why did I think this was going to work? Mm-hmm. And then realizing, realizing that even though he got the spark from Christmas town, he didn't have to change who he was. And then mm-hmm. kind of like finding life within who he has been. And like, you know what? Yeah, this may have not been the thing I needed to do, but I'm glad this happened because now I have ideas of how I want to go about. Now I'm 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 energized. I'm ready to be the pumpkin king again. And this time I'm not dreading it. I'm not dreading being who I've always been because I've been relit. I'm no longer trying to hide my identity behind something else like, and try to be Santa, I can't be Santa. I failed at that. Why? Because I was never meant to be Santa. I was meant to be Jack. I was meant to be the Pumpkin King. So I would say between that and then also I would say what what made me want to cry? <laughs> I'm trying to think. That's 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 tough because this movie is, for the most part, all about having fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say for a scene that really just spoke to me and really yeah. made me feel feels I haven't felt in a while due to the age of darkness we experienced. I would say probably in a world where there's no hope, one man Ty seeks for forgiveness or something along those lines. I was going off the cuff. I was waiting oh, for I have to cut so me off. So to forgive. Like shit. I okay. <laughs> so usually on my podcast, I do a Teddy report and I gotta share this. Uh, hold on, hold on one second, one second, one second. The Teddy Report. How did I do, Sean? The Tell me in the Teddy Report. <laughs> Um, I had this moment where I was struggling with like, did I handle this right? Because like, I I keep saying this. Whenever my my oldest, my five year old, it's like, hey, I feel like things are out of my control. He 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 does what I call weaponized incompetence. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I don't know how to walk. I can't walk anymore. And it's like, all right. Fuck it. You walk all the time. This is fucking dumb. What are you doing? So 
we're sitting there trying to go to bed. We're doing our bedtime routine. Hey, we played. We had some fun. It's now time. You get to pick a short, watch a couple of episodes of that, and then we're going to bed. And so I, I ended up pulling up these shorts for him on Disney+. And he's like, oh, but these are too long. These are movies. I can't watch these. I'm like, motherfucker. Yes, you can. I, <laughs> I, I typed in shorts. These are shorts. You can watch these. <laughs> It's like, can't they're too long? And finally, I was like, all right, well, obviously, if you can't pick these, you obviously don't want to watch anything. I'm putting the tablet away. <laughs> and he's screaming, he's losing his damn mind. And, and so I put the tablet away. I'm like, look, you had your chance, and you decided to fuck around. Guess what? You're finding out. And at that point, he says, like, I can't get my water. I'm, uh, I can't reach. Uh, I can't reach it. I'm like, yes, you can. And I kind of just you're gonna be thirsty, back Teddy. to him. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to lay down and fall asleep. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care anymore. And he finally got his water. And he was like, I can't fit where the hole is. I got water on me. <laughs> yeah, because you keep fucking around. And he finally went to bed and fell asleep. And so, like, I wanted, I'm like, I stood my ground because he's being a fucking prick. But then I was like, I feel like I was being a bitch about it. And, and so, like, I talked to my therapist about it. She says, look, I don't think your actions were wrong. I think the attitude behind it was flawed. Mm. It's like, look, the first part, you're having a bad, she's like, look, if you're not going to pick it, I'm going to assume you don't want to watch it, and I'll put it away. Fine. For me, to be like, this fucking bitch. That was the problem. And when he, at that point, when he realized he was going to find out, he needed a connection. That's why he was acting like, I can't reach my water. Uh. And as annoying <laughs> as that was, that was his way of wanting to connect. Be like, do you still love me? Please tell me you still love me. And yeah, I still love you, Teddy. I will always love you. But also, you are made up prick. And I feel like that's just parents need to know you can be annoyed at your child. <laughs> and, and Brandon Thank God you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> Ty is the There's face. It's always going to be a need for connection. <laughs> and so, what really hit home for me was you have Sally who's wanting this connection with Jack. Mm -hmm. And she feels like she's not going to get it, like she feels unseen. And so, for them to finally, when Jack finally sees her after Santa's like, this bitch gets it, you need to listen to her. He goes, You're right. I need to listen to her. Mm -hmm. He's my and just a whole like finally feeling seen. <laughs> that part got me. Yeah. So a long arduous journey of my personal life. Long walk, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What about you? What about you, Brandon? Is there two scenes that uh, when you look at this, you're like, "Fuck, this is it, man." Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> all right folks well that's been our christmas uh, episode no, no, uh, <laughs> uh definitely the ain't the 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 angel yeah when 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 uh he realizes his mistake uh is is a good one um i also just really love the oogie boogie victory scene when he's got mm -hmm. when he's got uh uh not victory but you know when he's like gloating over santa and, and sally and stuff like that just it that's just classic that's just classic villain stuff i love it i think it's awesome didn't uh it doesn't make me cry i think it's awesome but you know this is just that's that's a classic bit and yeah. i think oogie boogie's probably my favorite character if not sally i think sally's probably my favorite but like boogie's uh you know he's a great villain he's a good, he's a good time it's a good time 
you, you, you miss those villains that just love being bad guys, you know, they're, yes. they're always, you know, you have got to have reasons for all these villains nowadays. Well, you didn't need no, a reason. I just want to see the world and burn. I'm bad yeah. because my yeah. daddy didn't love me. Yeah, right. It's like what's no. This? Bo- what's bo- this? Yeah, Boogie's made of bugs. He's gross. My daddy didn't love me. <laughs> I'll show him. I'm gambling. I can't be taken seriously. <laughs> He's gross. It's awesome. Love it. <laughs> love it. Every time I hear you describe, <clears throat> every time I hear you describe what a villain should be, Brandon, the first thing I think of is Michael Caine in the Dark Knight. Uh, was it the Dark Knight? Right? No, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And he goes, some men just want to watch the, world, the burn. world burn. Not every villain has to be villain that is, way. Man. But yeah, it's like that you miss those after you've seen like all the guys that are like, oh, we have to justify all the racial ghouls and like, oh, they have a point, but they've gone too far. That's fun. But like sometimes just have a guy who sucks. Just want a bad guy. They just exist. Want a bad guy and he <laughs> sucks. <laughs> just you know? a guy who sucks. Yeah, just he sucks. This guy <laughs> sucks. He's an asshole. And like. Sucks to suck, but he's a charismatic asshole, and that's why everybody you know resonates with it. So, I think I to to go on a tangent. Uh, yes, some people are just bad for badness' sake. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when you have a villain who's just uninteresting, that's when a lot of times you try to go and well, why are they bad? Mm -hmm. There's there's if you could go, you know who did it really well, Killmonger. Yeah. Mm. Like there's a way Fantastic. to do a Black villain Panther, yeah. and show how he became that way. And we're like, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. I kind of want to be on his side, but then it's others like, it's because you had a lazy villain. He wasn't interesting. So then you're like, well, let's give him a backstory. I'm like, no one right. fucking cared for this. Right. Better, better example. I'm not saying yours is invalid here, Ty, but a better example is Attack on Titan. Was Aaron right, or was Aaron wrong? Was Aaron the villain or was he the hero that just didn't get looked at a hero until a couple hundred years later? Did he do what everybody wanted to do that we're too afraid to do? Was Aaron right? Was Aaron wrong? Yeah. I'm going to fight you on that. I don't think it's a bad example. I think it's a great example. Hmm. Do I think it did it better than Killmonger? I don't believe it did. Uh, I don't I- know, man. I think that, we need that'd to do attack on Titan discussion review. to have. Like we we need to have a battle of the villain. Um because I yeah. feel like Aaron and again we're going on tangent. We went from Christmas to attack on Titan with <laughs> we're talking genocide, right. ladies and gentlemen, right genocide. now. We're talking straight yeah. genocide. Absolute genocide. Like Eat. you can see it, but it's such an extreme where it's like yeah. I can't possibly be on his side. Yeah. I can't why he's doing it, but it's also like, ugh, mm. I, I would never do that. Killmonger was kind of like, fuck, they killed my dad. Yeah. They left me alone. Like, that that was a villain. It was so nuanced. You wanted to, like, support him. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to support Aaron. They got it. They're like, yeah, he had a shit life and this happened. I get why he's doing it. But no one's like, Aaron was well, right. Justice for Aaron. Yeah, well, well, there's a there's one distinction between them. What is the, the distinction? Aaron succeeded. Killmonger did not. Aaron they, wiped out yeah. a large portion of humanity. Brandon, have you done an <laughs> Have you done an Attack on Titan review yet, Brandon? Uh, for the finale, not yet. That's coming up uh, this weekend, actually. So, shit, I was about to say we should get everybody involved. We'll get yeah. Ricky on this one. It's not I mean, a non Thursday podcast. I, I mean, we can still do that. 
just not on yeah. my episode. That's it. <laughs> I'm doing my episode, but we can do one with you guys. I'm, I can yeah, talk about be... Attack on Titan for a long time. So I, yeah, I that, yeah. TBD, ladies and gentlemen, because yeah, exactly. uh, I just started watching that one yeah. this year or last year, whenever yeah. it was. Yeah. Holy fuck. I, I, like, I tell Larry all the time, like, we've talked about this a little bit, or I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but when we were talking uh, anime, I told him, like, hey, you got to watch My Hero Academia. And then he was like, nah, I'll get to it. It doesn't really seem like it's my thing. I was like, all right, I'll tell you what. I will watch one episode of whatever you want to watch. You watch one episode of whatever of My Hero. And he's like, all right, we'll do that. And he's like, you need to watch Attack on Titan one episode. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, you need to watch the first episode of My Hero Academia. I talked to him two days later. He had already blown through the first season. And I was like, what do you think of the first episode? He's like, oh, it was really good. I'm on season two, episode one. I'm like, dude, we said fucking one episode. Now I have this unrealistic (laughs) expectation of I have to catch up to you. I've got kids, bro. I can't fucking just stop everything I'm doing. And then Hayden and I started watching it. We got fucking hooked. And I'm I'm really upset with Hayden because he he's into Dragon Ball Z right now. And I've been telling him for years he needed to get into Dragon Ball Z. And the coward is watching Kai. So he's he's doing it without any fillers. Coward. Um, yeah. yeah. But he has Agreed. not watched and he would not watch um, Attack on Titan until he finished Dragon Ball Z. And I was like, all right, well, I'm fucking watching without you, man, because I need to see this. I love the fact that your friend got into the show that you've been enjoying and your initial reaction is, fuck you. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you go further? Because <laughs> now I owe you. <laughs> it's well, such it a competition like a, thing. Like, yeah, well, it, it, it is, but it's just like, dude, I was like, I I have no, like, I barely have time for this. Like, mm-hmm. I've got to be up so. in four hours. I barely have time for this, let alone, you know, an entire series. And this dude's just banging it. I'm just looking at him like, you <laughs> son of a bitch, Larry, you did it again. <laughs> well, I'm going to be a son of a bitch and say, you have to watch at least one episode of Arcane. You can let me know Arcane. what I had to watch one episode of. Uh, mm. I've watched the first episode. I've watched the first episode of Arcane. It is great. I really dig it. I just have not gotten same thing with the Avatar. I heard you guys talking about Avatar season Mm. two. I was two episodes in and then just once busy season hits about September time-ish frame, you know, end of August, early September. It is very difficult. I'm lucky if I get two hours. I was able to watch it. Ladies and gentlemen, take a peek behind the curtain. I'm a huge NBA fan. So Magic, I watch my game. It takes me like three days to watch one game that's 48 minutes stretched over two and a half hours. The only thing that I've been able to actually keep up on, I get made fun of for saying this sport. I am a huge fan of sumo wrestling. It is so fun to watch these. I know. See, I get that look why, all the why time. Why are people time. giving you shit about that? I, because that's... it's weird. It's not Because you can be like, normal. you want culture swine? It's like, no, you're but... in culture swine. I'm watching something that you are like, no, yeah. I was too white to watch this. Yeah. It, it's it's just really cool seeing two sees really cool seeing two dudes that hit at the force of two Mack trucks in a head-on yeah. collision. That's awesome. And it's the battle of supremacy. And it, it's just yeah. so fucking cool, you know. And it's like I can only I can watch that. And every other month they have the Bashos, which are the tournaments, and they they put up the highlights. So in 28 minutes, you can watch the day, and that's for 15 days. So it's easy for me to catch up on. Mm. Cooper got hooked up on it. We were out walking one night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get back to the to the review here in just a second. We'll finish this up, but we uh, were out walking and shit. And Cooper was just leaning down, and and when they lean down, they put their knuckles on the ground. That's called the tachi, right? So that's mm-hmm. the move before they break and they hit. 
So I kept looking back at Cooper because he kept getting further and further back from all of us walking and shit. And I see him doing, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, sumo. And I was like, you didn't say sumo, did you? Because this is back at earlier in the year where he was he was picking up words, but he was only picking up the bad words, unfortunately. And I was like, did you say sumo? He said sumo. And then he pointed down and I was like, all right, well, this little kid wants to fucking wants to sumo wrestle with me. So I do it. I get down and he fucking charges at me. I'm like, oh, this kid likes it. So every night we would sit in bed, kind of like what you were doing with Teddy in his shorts. I was sitting there watching this in his little rocking chair. We would read Grumpy Monkey and then we would watch uh, 28 minutes of sumo wrestling and then he would be all hyped up. I couldn't get him to sleep. And then I'm sitting up in his room for fucking two hours trying to get him to go to sleep, not realizing he just had this huge energy bomb from watching sumo wrestling for the last 30 minutes. So it was a cycle that I really, really enjoyed. This is the podcast that revolves around my kids are getting me into things but my kids are getting me into things man and i like it <laughs> so it. as as we end this man uh i figure let me pull up that uh that grading that grading rubric uh look at that ladies and gentlemen i'm really starting to to come out of my educational shell that i had back in the day um they told me i never amount to anything brandon and and ty <laughs> they were half right they were um, where right. is that? They were half right. Uh, so we'll bring up that Grubic real quick, and then we'll go uh, person for person for over that. So for the criteria, we've got storytelling and narrative. The way they mm. did this was compelling, okay, or weak. But I figure what we can do is just so we can do one on a point system, um, mm -hmm. we can do, uh, you know, one through five, right? Five being the best, one being the worst. And then I'll keep a tally on my side for nightmare and there's one two three four five six there is six categories so there is a possibility of a tie but mm -hmm. uh if it does come down to a tie we'll bring in the uh fans reactions and what they voted for i won't give you an exact number but it was it, it was pretty close mm -hmm. um so for we'll start with a uh, nightmare storytelling and narrative one through five brandon if you could rate it what would you give it give that a four Okay. Ty? If I'm being fair, I want to say a four. Four. All right. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to break that and I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, and then we'll go we'll go each movie for the same one so we don't have to backtrack. So same right. question for Klaus, storytelling and narrative, one through five. I'm going to give that one a three. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's actually well, what I was going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's probably story wise. I think they tell everything pretty perfectly. Um, but the story itself is pretty the, mid. The, 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 the entire story surrounding Jasper, you know, is, is a bit thing. Everything surrounding him is much better than his story. So I would say I'll give it a three. I think so give it a three. I'm going to go. Are you, and you're going three as well, Ty? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go four on this one. It was almost a five. If you would have had just as much heart, and I know you have to mm -hmm. introduce the curmudgeon character that's going to, mm -hmm. oops, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to change by the end of this movie. You have to introduce, you have to introduce somewhat of a douche, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if they would have somehow injected as much love and, and layers, uh, if I can use a Shrek reference, into the characters they did for Klaus on those last two scenes, it would have been mm -hmm. a five for me. You know what I mean? So I'm yep. going to give it a four. So we got three, four, three. So right out of the gate, mm -hmm. Nightmare is winning. 
Um, it's a very close race already. So originality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One through five. We'll start with nightmare. Originality is a five for me. Yeah. That was a pretty original story. It's a very, it's a very original story. It's got a very original feel. Hmm. It does. It's not derivative of the Rankin Bass movies, though. I gotta give it a five. Yeah, I gotta give it a five. Originality, it's there. Beautiful, and it's five across the board for me. Yeah. So that one yeah. sweeps the category. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing. Originality for Klaus. Um, I'm gonna go with a four on uh, Klaus. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, wait. Originality. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a four. Yep, yep, four. I gotta mm-hmm. go with a three. Mm. I I love the story. Three. It wasn't the most original story, but it was told in such a great way. So as far as originality, mm. I don't think it was original. Mm. I just think they told that story really well. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to give it a five, and here's why. I'm going to give it a five because I don't remember one story. Obviously, they have some setup, and there's some similarities. Much like cooking, ladies and gentlemen, everything's been done already. It's just your interpretation of whatever it is you're working on. Food, Mm -hmm. music, movies, it's all been created. We're just rehashing classics, right? So with that being said, and that little caveat thrown out there, um, I've never seen a story that built the lore of Santa Claus Mm -hmm. as we didn't already know it. So the fact that we knew the end result, Mm -hmm. but yet they did it in reverse, but they did it in a way of like, huh, I've never seen that on the screen before. Yeah. It's a five for me in originality. Like I said, I'm both the best and worst fan with anything that I like. If Mm -hmm. I like it, fucking rainbows and sunshines for me five across the board for this if this was yeah. the originality of telling this the origin of santa yes but the fact that we all collectively agreed this was basically the emperor's new groove as far as characterization and the story itself being told that's that's where i drew a three yeah well so I, I i will say like the idea of how they depicted the santa lore was absolutely original the story as a whole for the movie, it felt like it was a combination of others. Here's here's why I'll agree, but I'll disagree. So with Cusco, Cusco, it took a long time for him to get to the realization that he was a dick and he should have been nice. Jesper and was that being... wasn't the case for the Jesper character. Yes and no. Here's where I agree and disagree. So it, it's going to be the I'm going to I'm going to try to explain it at least how I'm looking at it. So okay. with Jesper, the reason I think there there is some similarities with the character cadence, you know, sarcasm, you know, so I can draw those correlations there. Um, but where I see where they get their comeuppance is Jesper. I don't want to say he turns to the dark or he turns to the to the light side quicker than Cusco does, but Jesper. See, I can't even fucking I, explain it. I mean, I I would I say want, that. Go ahead. I I would say that Jesper has inklings of decency, not at the very beginning. At the very beginning, he's a complete you know uh, piece of crap. Um, but he has inklings of like finding that decency throughout um, where I don't know if Cusco had that 
you know, essentially. He like he kind of had to ex- experience like anybody else's actual problem before he before he hit it, I would say. It's not it's, it's not a one to one, but it is very similar to uh to Cusco, but yeah. And here's probably where I'm getting at it. So with Cusco, his entire thing was to get back and rule. Eventually, at the very end of the movie, he goes, same thing with Jesper, right? But I really feel like where Cusco was a lot more malicious, he had a lot more power over the entire, like he if if he was Emperor Cusco and not that llama, he could have Pacha killed, right? You know, Jesper really couldn't. So I, I really feel like with the amount of power that Cusco had, he wasn't, or he was more of a dick than Jesper was, you know, they came about the same, like I said, I'm doing a horrible job at trying mm-hmm. to really get out what's up here to, to they delineate both between the, the two. Entitled mentality. Yeah. The, the entitlement, but it, it just felt like Cusco was a lot more malicious than Jesper was. You know what I mean? It's just at it, it, the drop of a hat, he, he had a dude thrown out of a fucking window. You know what I mean? You threw <laughs> off my groove. So yeah, you know, and then he he threw yeah. it. What did Jesper do? He fucking made a mm-hmm. sergeant bring him tea and then he gave him his espresso. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I and, said, it was it seemed and, more real and visceral with Cusco yeah. than it would and, have with Jesper. And on that note, Jack orchestrated a kidnapping for God's sake. So let's let's talk about his faults. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this was not about how in the faults of the main character. This was just originality. I was yeah, like, no, no, I, I know. Yeah, like, that's, I that's why I think I that that's why I get rid of the originality. It, it's yeah. there are some similarities, yeah. but for both movies, they're so unique let's... in the way that they're presented. I could, if I did not know about the Emperor's New Groove, I wouldn't have been able to say. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! That's Cusco. This yeah. is an original movie. So if we completely take it apples to apples, oranges to oranges, we don't have any kind of outside interference. This is a completely original movie. But with the caveat, you can say that about any movie if you have no past experiences of previous movies. Yeah, yeah. So, which is the which is the definition of originality. But yeah. yeah, either way, I'm giving it a fucking five. So yeah, that's right. Fuck off. I, always, <laughs> I was just justifying my yeah. score comparatively. <laughs> Not trying to oh, yeah, no. sway you. Yeah, right. No, like somehow say, it did, did turn into a versus episode. What the hell? <laughs> We're being well, nice, Brandon, like, know, like not too long. You know ago. who's winning. You know who's winning now, Brandon. Don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you want to go the, for another one? Ty? I know what the next category is. I click and clack in his pen. <laughs> I'll change my score. History again. is ruled by the person that wields the pen. Yeah, and I have the pen tied. Right. <laughs> Anyway. Well, now that I'm quivering in my boots. <laughs> All right. So the next one is adherence to genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One through five. Brandon, yeah. where are you siding on this one for Nightmare? For Nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. Adherence to genre. I'm giving this one a three because I think that it has a bit of an identity crisis in where it wants to go. It it ex- It executes both of those very well. But there's always like this, is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Because people always argue it's the Halloween holiday movie because we never Mm -hmm. had a Halloween holiday movie prior to them. We probably did, but you know what I mean? But it also has came out a year before. Right. Yeah, exactly. But which is, you know, everybody's favorite. Um, But I but there's there's like Charlie Brown, a lot of good. What's that? Charlie Brown. 
great pumpkin. Charlie Brown. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, come, on, so Brandon, there, come on, guys. There's a whole. Well, that's not a movie. That's like a TV. That's a TV special. It was half an hour. <laughs> it's like I'm talking feature length film. Oranges. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, we have um, it, it has an equal amount of feel for a good feel good Christmas movie too. Uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of the appeal. It kind of has both. So I would say it's a split because it's uh, it's it's going in both directions there. So if you could only select one holiday to watch this one on, are you selecting a Halloween or a Christmas movie? Halloween, probably because there's plenty of Christmas movies, which, which is why it, yeah. people say it's the it's the Halloween movie. But uh, you could watch it on Christmas, too. People people as- associate this with Halloween on Christmas type of thing anyway. So, you know. What about you, Ty? What would you rate it? And then if you could only choose one holiday to watch this one on, are you taking it for Halloween or are you taking it for Christmas? Honestly, I feel like this movie is year-round. Any holiday mm-hmm. is a good reason to watch this because this could have been any holiday that Jack could have been like, what's this? Easter? Jesus' birth? Barber Day Easter for Christ? sure. I could do this. I can come back from the dead. Like, I just... That was the sequel they they didn't they can't. That was the sequel they never did. Uh, this doesn't come across as a Halloween movie. But I can also see where it doesn't fully embrace a Christmas movie aesthetic. If I cuz what what was the genre we're grading on? Adherence. It to was genre. Uh, adherence to genre. Knowing, aware or unaware was the descriptives they gave for it. So as far as the genre, I take this as a gothic tale, which I mm-hmm. think it wholly encompasses. So if I were to try to base this, is this a Halloween Christmas movie? I could see where you're coming with that grading. I take this as this is a gothic tale about holidays. And mm-hmm. I think it adheres to that genre really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to give it a five. But I also just go ahead and say, as far as the genre, I think Klaus also gets a five. Like it's just one of those things. I feel like they knew what land they were playing in, and they played it really well. Yeah. All right, and this is out of all the ones that uh, that we had for a criteria grade on. This was like the hardest one, and this is the one I've kind of been going back and forth with because adherence to genre is so subjective, right? Right. You can you can say, well, they played in both equally, so they don't really know where they're going. You could say, well, they started out in Halloween, but they went to Christmas land, but they finished in Halloween. So is that just a character arc that he was building through? Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to give this one a five and agree with you, but it's it's Dude, it's it was really hard. Like I couldn't sell myself on five. As as dumb as that sounds, compared to the originality one, I just tried kicking out for fucking Klaus and, and Emperor's <laughs> New Groove. You know, I had to give this one a four because it was just like, at what point do you go? Because I feel like they played it, but I also feel like there's an argument for they didn't know where they were going, even though they knew right. where they were going. If that makes any sense whatsoever. So that was so just the I'm, fact I'm, that I could. I'm gonna, pick I'm gonna yes fight no. this real quick. And again, it's your score. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But I feel like when you're talking about genre, to say, hey, here's this character arc, and this character started here, but then he went here, and then you realize, oh shit, no, that's not the way I got to go here. That's character arc. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about genre, like you could say a Christmas movie is a genre. So I can go with the idea of, hey, 
I can't tell if it's a Halloween or Christmas movie. I gotta give it a three because of that direction. That's fine. I'm not gonna fight well, that. But to say, hey, here's a character arc, and so I don't think it understands the genre. No, no, the genre didn't change. The genre was a gothic tale about the holidays. Uh, it was a gothic tale about a man who lost his identity and is finding it again. I, I don't think judging on a character arc is fair as far as genre. You're already leading. Stop fighting for one point. No, 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 no. Touche. Here's, but... Touche. Here's, here's, here's what I should have said more. Tell, tell me reason... what you should have said that I would have understood better. Here, here's the thing, because when you were explaining, I was like, I knew I fucked up. Um, when you, when I asked you that question, is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie right there? So we're talking specific genres. The fact that Brandon can say it's a Halloween movie, or if you said Christmas movie, I apologize. And you could go and say, oh, you know what? It's an all holiday right there. They're not sticking to an adherent adherence of genre, right? You can't classify when this is solely a holiday, as a, a Halloween it is a holiday genre, oh, but there's... you'll have people that'll go and say Halloween, but you'll have people that'll go and say it's Christmas. And then you've got the outliers like yourself, Ty. They'll say, no, you can enjoy this, which you can I, I, in, in its entirety. I'm going to put this out there. Then. I want, because again, I'm fighting. I'm not so much fighting for the point. <laughs> it's the principle that matters. I understand what you mean. So, is, is Die Hard an action no. movie or a Christmas It's an action movie. movie. And here's why. I hate, so I why hate this. why is the Christmas this... holiday? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I hate this fucking question because it gets brought up every year. So is Independence Day, is it a sci-fi movie or is it a 4th of July movie? If you tell me it's a 4th of July movie, then I will wholeheartedly agree with you that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it happens during Christmas, just like Independence Day happens during the 4th of July. But what do people remember? Do they remember the 4th of July or do they remember Will Smith and, and fucking Jeff Goldblum going up into space and beating the shit out of these I fucking don't aliens? Think that's a their question because I think a lot of people are going to remember the Fourth of July speech by the guy who played the president. Patriot Day, regardless. Patriot Day, seventeen seventy six. I don't <laughs> see holidays as a genre because you could do a Christmas story as a horror film. You could do a Christmas story as an action film. You could do a Christmas story as a like family film. The genre isn't depicted by the holiday; it's depicted by the genre of the storytelling. And so I that's did... why I was like, "Hey, like." You can say this in between a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie. Fine. I I, I disagree with that. That's I, the idea we're basing this genre off of. I, I disagree with that take. Please, Espe please especially in the case of a Christmas and Halloween situation, because those are Christmas, two separate I can see fields. a lot more. Because Halloween yeah. movie, you could yeah. do like a Disney Halloween movie, and it's a Halloween right. movie, but it's family. But other right. Halloween movies are straight horror. Right. Yeah, Christmas exactly. is a thing because it's usually family centered or mm -hmm. family centric. So right. I can give more credence to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Christmas movies are a genre though, but mainly because, well, if we want to get down to the real basics of it, it's because it's commercialized in that frame. So, like a a Christmas genre is a thing because we all know that idea. And and, uh, and notice, I didn't fight you on that. Right, I understood where yeah. you're coming from. I may right. not agree. Mm -hmm. But say, hey, yeah. he went from Halloween Town to Christmas Town back to Halloween Town. Like that was just his journey. <laughs> the hero's journey shouldn't be what you're saying is the genre. It's how it's told. So that yeah. that's all I wanted to say. Again, <laughs> it is your point. 
You can oh, get uh, yeah, I get you. you Fair enough. We it's still, still a four. We can, <laughs> we can still be friends, Ty. But no, but, but but that's what I was getting at. Because like I said, you will have a sect of group that people will say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. You will have a sect of people that will say that fuck off, Brandon. You're dead to me. Uh, you will. <laughs> it's about you getting have... back with his family. It's Christmas, damn it. So it's a family movie. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> a that's Christmas. what you're telling me. It's about no, no. Lifetime is family movies right now, Brandon. Lifetime. Yeah. This is a lifetime movie now. Dude, if, if you've been Die downgraded on, to Christmas, if now Die it's Die Hard was on Lifetime, I would watch Lifetime way more. You know what? It's fucking a Hallmark movie now, Brandon. Keep going. Awesome. And this is going to end go. up on some. Let's, let's raise Hallmark up. Give it let's, Die Hard. Let's burn them let's all go. to the fucking ground. Let's go. <laughs> no. but but like i said it's it's the fact that like when because like i said this was out of all of the categories that i had to grade this is the one that i kept going back and forth on and like i said if we're talking genres as a movie up until now nobody's ever explained it as a would, would you say it was a gothic tale or i want to make sure i get the words right gothic yeah it, was, you a, say, it was a gothic tale about holidays. A gothic tale uh, b- before then I was always seeing this one and under the impression that it was both holiday movies, right? So it was a Christmas and it was a Halloween, but there is a certain sect of people out there that you can listen to both sides of the argument being whether it's a Halloween or a Christmas movie. And you can be like, yeah, I could fucking a hundred percent agree to that. That's why I'm probably going to have to go back and change my originality from a five to a four because I completely oh. sound like a hypocrite between these two topics, and I have to go back and change, right? So I'm I, not going to die I, on this I hill. I disagree. This is, again, not fighting my points. The originality is on the story, not <laughs> holiday. Yes, yes, yes. But the, ori- movie, the originality was movie, the... If but you the originality movie, that we were talking about we gotta move on we so... got, i can't be here all night we gotta move on <laughs> i know i gotta i gotta I be up in three it. and a half I gotta hours be up tomorrow <laughs> me too i gotta be up in three and a half hours but like i said that was what i kept going back and forth with so innovation innovation yeah Ooh. innovation man i'm gonna give both of these five right out the gate oh shit uh we didn't do klaus i'm sorry so yeah. klaus adherence to genre i put five. it at a five five I give it a five. Brandon, as well. It's a, it's a perfect Christmas movie. It's fantastic. It's perfect. All right. And I'd give it a four. I'd give it a seven if I could. Just a seven, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, all right. So in, innovation five across the board for both movies for me, both Nightmare and Klaus for innovation. They weren't mm-hmm. doing shit compared to this. 2D yeah. for Klaus kind of went out of the go. Everybody was doing 3D. Everybody was doing mm-hmm. CGI style. Yeah. So that's why that one got a five for me. Yeah. Well, this was also yeah. 2D with 3D like aspect for as far as lighting. lighting. Yeah, the lighting uh, and stuff so like that. So that's yeah, I agree. Five the, for both. They're both fives. They're both fives. It's it's absolutely like the like again, like stop motion existed before, not like how not like nightmare. Like it was it was there was nothing that looked like nightmare before that. And then Klaus, that new technology of 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 making something look 3D in a in a 2D world is just like fascinating and I, I want more of it i want everything they canceled ember and i, I want it he was he was going to do a movie called ember for <laughs> netflix and they canceled it and i'm so angry still angry a year later anyway 30 yeah. sons of bitches so ty sons what are you bitches. rating for innovation for both nightmare and klaus i uh, per my last email five for both Mm-hmm. Bye for both. Heard that on all fronts. Mm-hmm. The next one is surprising elements. Surprising overall, surprising or some surprise or lack of surprise. I feel like there's surprise in all of these. What would you rate it, Brandon? 
This is this is where I'm gonna catch some flack. Here here well, see, I have to go back to when like to when I watched it originally when I didn't like it. So it's hard for me like you know what I mean? It's it's like for me, I just I I I didn't resonate with it when I was younger. So like rewatching it, there's not really a surprise there because you know, like I I you seen were surprised it at how much you liked it. I did. It, it was kind of a shock that, that 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 I liked it as much again. Surprising but, overall uh, is what you're saying. That sounds like let, a five. I, I guess me. what, what is not... the surprise about? Because like if right. we if we take it, the story between uh, like Klaus was mm-hmm. not like very surprising we we kind of saw it coming we were happy with how well they did it but it was a, a surprise oh no it was a hundred percent for me it was a surprise of how good that was um right I, so it's a surprise I, about the story surprise of how well it yeah, was like I, surprise kind of seems like a really i'm surprised that movie made me cry I'm surprised we're asking this question. I didn't think that that when I saw when I when I was going to that movie, I was like, oh, this will be a fun Christmas movie. This will be a, a thing that I'll enjoy and I'll really enjoy the animation. That's what I was going into. I was not expecting to see uh, a, a near perfect movie that made me that makes me tear up four years later every time I watch it. I wasn't expecting going in to see, oh, I'm going to watch this movie every Christmas. I thought I'd see it once and be done with it and or not done with it, but like, oh, that was good. Thank you, Callie, for once again, interrupting this entire thing. Um, it was a surprise. <laughs> but yeah, she's a surprise. Another surprise. Um, but uh, I, I I give I give it a I give it a five for surprise for me for for Klaus, oh, Klaus. And, and nightmare and nightmare. I, I go just simply because like I can't I can't reinvent a surprise for me on that. Um uh, because my 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 young kid snobbishness, I I gotta go with a three. It just it it's it's like I can't. Well, based be, on be your shocked, idea of so. Klaus, you were surprised yeah. at how much it touched you. Yes, could you not be yeah. just as surprised yeah. by how much you actually liked it, considering yeah. the negative feedback you had before? Right, but my negative feedback said like a one, so then that brings it up to a three when I enjoyed it again. So we'll go with a three. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bullshit thing, but you know what? It's no. your point. You know, no, it's not bullshit. I, I didn't. I, again, like, like, hey, like, I used to hate it, but now I love it. So I'm just going with the even. I was like, yeah, eh. yeah. <laughs> for this point. Yes. <laughs> for this point. Yes. Look, I want Klaus to win. I got to take points away somewhere. OK, that's what this whole thing is. <laughs> you think this isn't bias? Bullshit. There's no impartiality. In here. <laughs> it's like, this is bias. Damn it. <laughs> This is why we have the. Right, this is why so, we have the people. We need to have a live stream next time. Have people vote as we argue it. Then, then, then we have. That's hilarious. Do you think that thing was bullshit or not? Yeah. Bullshit. Was that, was that bull- <laughs> bullshit. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. you gave it a three for nightmare. I gave mm-hmm. it a five, and here's why. I was. I remember seeing this as a kid and being blown away with what happened. But it wasn't until I was an adult where I was absolutely blown away because you have this general. You have this. I don't want to say this misconception that like it's it's when something's made it's quick it's easy like that it goes by so fast and then when you're an adult and you see how shit is really made you're like holy fuck I didn't know how much actually went into this the blood the sweat the tears just the yeah. hours and hours and hours and that's why nightmare got a five for me not saying that that fucking the clay animation and stop stop motion is a lot harder than you know, hand-drawn shit on a syntax or, or on a tablet. But there is something 
that I love about tactile things. And that is putting your hands on something like art is malleable, right? Those clay, those clay, those clay figures that somebody had to physically squeeze Jack's arm just a little bit. So it looked like he was lifting and that, that bicep was coming. And you have to do that to an extent with, with drawing and stuff, but it was just something so personable with the Mm -hmm. claymation. And that's why I gave it a five. It was just something that Mm -hmm. surprised the fuck out of me just watching the behind the scenes and just knowing a man or a woman had to physically manipulate that. And if it wasn't right, they'd have to do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again, much like drawing, but there was just something tactile and special about, uh, about the claymation. Yep. What about for Klaus? For Klaus, I gave it a four and here's why. Um, I, you guessed what was going to happen with Jesper. You know, you you didn't really guess what was going to happen with Santa, but there was a couple characters in there that I was like, all right, I know where they're going. This is a a thing. You get a character, you put him in some shit, and then he's a dickhead at the beginning, but he falls for the characters, and he it's the Grinch storyline essentially. His his heart grew two sizes too big, or whatever the actual measurement was. So that was the vibe it got for me as far as surprising. I wasn't surprised at that but that was the only portion of the movie that i was not surprised at so that's why i gave it a four i couldn't wholeheartedly give it a five and and be able to sleep tonight Mm -hmm. so i i will say as far as surprise See, it's, it's such a bullshit category. Because, like, what do you mean by surprise? There's so many variations you can go about it. Uh, I'm going to say... There's surprising elements, if that helps out. So elements of the movie that might have surprised you, I guess, is really what they're pulling at. I didn't make this list. I just Googled it, you know? Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, as far as surprise, I was surprised by... how different the story I connected with mm-hmm. with Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. How it went from just the whole, hey, here's a guy who wants to try Christmas and then he goes back to Halloween. Like that's it was a it was absolutely fun. And I remember having fun. I was surprised by how how much I was drawn in with Jack's burnout and just the relatability mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I've always been surprised by how like these gothic stories could tell really human stories, mm-hmm. because typically gothics revolve around monsters, and we see monsters as ethereal or otherworldly. To see humanity in that has always been surprising to me. With Klaus, again, the story was pretty predictable. But I was surprised at how well they told a predictable story in a way that touched my heart. Yeah. 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 I I never thought they would give Santa uh, a dead wife. (laughs) Yeah. An unrequited unrequited children. uh, Just like, ah, you know. Yeah. No. So I will say Nightmare 5. Okay. And then I will say Klaus two <laughs> kidding four <laughs> i was trying to play it to you we know what's oh, yeah. happening here <laughs> <laughs> i'll give it a four because it's and the story itself wasn't surprising about how well they did mm. yeah 
Absolutely. Agreed. And last one, production value. Across the board, fives for me for everything. They they absolutely crushed it. Yeah. You know, there's it, yeah, it's, it's gotta be five for, me, for you know? both for me yeah. as well. It, like they it, both did what they were trying to do really well. Yeah. It's like a twelve for both. It's insane. Like it's insane how they did both of them. Is the both both completely innovative, both uh just genre starting it's, it's 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 insane or not genre uh production starting like you don't you don't have kubo or Coraline or any of those things without without that and i would posit you don't have many things to come uh uh without klaus um i would hope Absolutely. so i would hope so at least grip on to it all right i'm i'm uh doing the tally it looks like klaus is gonna win this one what um no kid no way uh, I'm pretty sure I'll I'll uh, I'll tally Wait. up the numbers, but uh, it doesn't. I felt like I was well, giving. Actually, no. Uh, actually, it, we do have three fifteens on both sides, so it's going to be. If it's not close, it's going to be very close. Got to be real close. Um, if it's not close, it'll be really close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, Nightmare might take it by just I think two, it... but yeah. uh, that. That seemed right to me when I was doing the math in my head. I was like, All I right, think so. it squeezed it out there. So I'm going to go back and give Nightmare a one on that one. No. <laughs> no. They, these points don't mean anything. It's nothing. Whose line is it anyways? Points don't matter. Points don't matter. The games are made up. Points don't matter. It's a great show. Great show. Actually. Oh, absolutely. I'm just I'm checking my numbers just to make uh, just to make sure. Are you fudging them? Are you fudging? No, no. I'm going back and making sure because I was yeah. uh, Klaus wins seventy nine to sixty eight. Um, so I'll take a picture of this and then if seventy nine uh, like to sixty eight by ten points, yeah. <clears throat> we've got thirteen. Hold on one second, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I am very dumb when it comes to math, so I'm glad I had to do We had to go back to a recount. This is very circa George Bush Al Gore <laughs> Al of the Gore, early 2000s. There were, there were hanging chads in Florida. It was, it was controversial. <laughs> they were calling for a recount, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, going back and doing Florida math. Um, <laughs> looks like Nightmare Before Elm Street won by four points, ladies and gentlemen. 83 to 79. However... Yeah. It's too close to call. So we've got a couple more um a couple more votes that I think we should tally in. So it might this bring This is it a Mario Party. You didn't do awards cards. This is... like, well, this got like this right. This is this is Dumbledore at the end of the get at the at the Hogwarts games. It's like, well done, Slytherin. However, <laughs> Gryffindor, hey, you win instead. All right, let's we've got so from from Twitter, we've got three votes for Klaus. So now we are sitting at 82, right? Let's go over to Instagram really quick. We're sitting 83 North, uh, North, not North. I was going to say North Korea for some fucking reason. We're sitting at 83 for Nightmare Before Christmas, and we are sitting at 82 uh, for Klaus. So, so point for Nightmare. Okay. It, <laughs> Uh, so we got one more, so we're 83, we're at 84, so 84 and 84, we are tied right now, 
85. So Nightmare through Instagram is up by one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, now let's see. It's a race. <laughs> it's a race, man. The uh, the ballots are in. Uh, we're just waiting on the technology to catch up with uh, what we're trying to do. I'm hoping somebody voted. Man, nobody voted on Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. So by one point. One point. And the winner in the left corner, standing at six foot nine or whatever fucking Jack was, the winner of undisputed Christmas movies of all time. A nightmare Animated. Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, by one point. Brandon's Larry, obviously upset. Larry, <laughs> if you could go back and pull the clip where Julian said, you know what, if it ties, We'll then go to the social media and count those votes too. <laughs> now nah, we don't need to do that. Isolate <laughs> that one clip. Isolate that one clip. Well, ladies and gentlemen, man, I hope you guys had fun. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, if that's what you, whatever you guys celebrate, man. I hope you guys have a fun holiday full of food, cheer, and family because it's that time of year. Brandon from the Animation Destination, where can they go and find your amazing podcast? Tell them where to come find you and say, hey. You can now go to animationdestination.com. We are soft launched. There will be more to come uh, on the first of the year as well. Lots more content to go to there. But for all your Animation Destination needs, you can go to animationdestination.com. I got the .com, people. It's 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 on. So um, there we go. It's it, it's up right now. You can go check out every episode. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook and on instagram at animation destination uh and uh, we got two new episodes coming out we got the attack on titan coming up before the end of the year the finale of attack on titan covering that whole thing and i've also got a scott pilgrim takes off episode coming out before the end of the year so go check those out they will be up soon so we're going Beautiful, man. It might be a soft launch, but it's got me hard enough to go and check out his website. <laughs> Ty from the Whiskey Lodian podcast, one half of the dynamic duo, Batman sitting right here on the couch. Where can the ladies and gentlemen go and find your amazing podcast? Well, after this hard nips from uh, Brandon, you can find <laughs> us right. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really anywhere you get your podcasts at Whiskey Lodian. Uh, and check out our season finale of season three. We had a fantastic psychologist breaking down the psychology of prince zuko from avatar less airbender and it gets nuts boy oh boy hard stuff and nuts what's better but i don't think she i'm trying to think of what what was the what was what was she calling zuko what was it i could tell you were getting so agitated uh, how how did she say it uh, she she went from like zoka to zuku to zuku uh, that's what it was zuku. zuku that was yes yes and you were like no think dan or it was sean it was like sean was like think danny zuko and yeah that was never me get it i wrong. said that oh batman that was you that. yeah batman said that next time robin well ladies and, and, and gentlemen to be fair before you guys like try to crucify this psychologist she had not seen the show we gave her select episodes to watch prince zuko to have that mm-hmm. mentality yeah. so please give her a break what she says is that she's fantastic. Absolutely. We go into how Zuko has daddy issues. Does he? And then I look at Sean. Mm. I'm like, daddy? no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's never trying to he impress his daddy. Yeah, can't imagine. Daddy, I, I could. I couldn't tell. <laughs> it must be very subtle. It must be very subtle in that show. It's, uh, it's very nuanced. It's a very nuanced. nuanced the, the daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better than having uncle issues. I'll tell you that. Um, is this but, daddy uh, in that show? 
<laughs> no, not at all. Uh, well, you've only seen season one, so you probably don't know he's in the show. So. I, I've seen plenty. I've seen plenty of uh, of the time lapses. I've, yeah. uh, he's he's shown up a couple times, I believe, yeah. in the beginning and the last uh, last episode or two of the first season. Yeah. maybe. but he's been alluded to, and you've seen somewhat yeah. of a resemblance of him. However, man, it's voiced by Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. It's true. The Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. or. Or, or, or if you are not into Star Wars like this guy and you are into Batman, he is the Joker and he I plays think. Skips in the regular show. He so, does. ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, boys, like as always, man, it's always fun to have you on here. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys get to have some fun. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been Brandon. He's been Ty. I've been Julian. It's been a What's My Head podcast. This has been our very special Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And we will catch you next week when we attempt to bring you another piece of your childhood also having boxing day for our listeners in canada canadians happy what was a happy boxing day yeah boxing day box i'm a big i'm sound stupid are we are we boxing punching are we mike tyson or are we opening boxes it's it's christmas boxes got you got you got you well ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen up on the uh the, the the borders up north Stay warm and uh, happy Boxing Day. Good night. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Before we go, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with the podcast today. I truly appreciate every download and listen we get. If you're liking what we're doing, drop us a five-star rating, drop us a review, tell a friend, and I'll see you next week.